I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. All right, it's childish, baby. Mr. Talk About His Dick Again, nerdy-ass black kid, whatever, man, I'm sick of him. That well-spoken token who ain't been heard, the only white rapper who's allowed to say the N-word. I buy a bunch of them, put it on my black card. Now I got some street cred. Use it till it's maxed out. I got a girl on my arm, dude. Show respect. Something crazy in Asia, Virginia Tech. She too fine. I do dimes. If not that, I'm walking out with two fives. Change my ID for the cops. It's not enough yet. Black male in short shorts. I'm double suspect. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. Saturday morning. Yes, yes, y'all. So you know what that means. Feedback time. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the feedback show we do once a week is where we basically read all the shit that you guys send us uh, and play your voicemails as long as you're not a crazy person. Um, or if, uh, it's under three minutes. Right. Those are the only rules that we have. Those are only rules. Um, and, uh, this week we have no voicemails. That doesn't mean none of you tried. It just means you were either crazy or over three minutes. Um, yes. Th- we will read your five star reviews, uh, on the show. We read all of them, regardless of content. We will read some of these emails that, uh, I don't think are crazy. Um, and we'll read comments on the website and, uh, votes in the polls. So, Still lots to get to, even without the voicemails. Um, of course, uh, you can find this show at theblackouttips.com, and you can become a premium listener. We just put out a couple premium uh, episodes of the show, by the way. Um, so, uh, Spore Movie Reviews, episode 41, Into the Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's come out. Uh, where I talked with Russell Hayline. We reviewed the movie Into the Storm. Uh, Spore Movie Review 42, Expendables 3. Where me and Karen and Chris from Movie Trailer Reviews talked about Sylvester Stallone's newest ensemble, Impossible White Man Disaster. It was terrible. And Balls D Sports 65, me and Justin talked about Mayweather's right hooked on phonics and a bunch <laughs> of other, bunch of other stuff that happened on that show. Uh, not to mention, I did a medium talk with, uh, Monica. Uh, you may know her as Monica is liberal on Twitter, um, which a lot of people are enjoying. And uh it's been very fun. So thank you for everybody that supports the premium section. You guys are getting shows, and I'm glad to be of service to you guys, and I'm glad you guys are enjoying them. Yes. I see all your feedback on Twitter mm-hmm. and comments and emails. Really dope. Uh So really glad you guys are. So I really love when we interview somebody, and I see you guys on Twitter reach out and let them know, like, hey, I enjoyed that interview. So, yes. uh and of course, we have plenty more stuff to do. Um, but, uh, let's talk about the people that are the most important, the people that donated to the show this week. Okay, guys? We do this for you. Monica C. Thank you for, oh wait, I forgot. I, I remember I was supposed to do this and I forgot to do it. Um, but, uh, let me see. I dedicate this song to recession. Depression. Ah! The doors of the church are not open. Monica C. Thank you for your recurring donation. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Jennifer H. Recurring donated. Thank you, Jennifer H. Yes, we'll see you having your dollars back there in the back. Ravita J. I know you were sick and shut in, but you put something on the plate. Yes, we thank you. Uh, Rock. From the Black Astronauts Podcast. Thank you so much, brother. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we see you over the children's ministry. We had to pull you because, you know, you don't behave all the time, sir. Louis E., the Birdman Jr. 
Oh, Birdman. Recurring Ooh. donator. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. We see you flying back there. Thank you for taking time out from selling poison to the kids to, <laughs> to come donate to the church. Yes. Momani Jones. Thank you so much, Bo. Yes, thank you, Bo. Took some time out from tweeting to hook us up. Yes, he did. Pete B. The current donator. Thank you, Pete B. Thank you, Pete. We see you in the corner. Uh, Rad Film Lawyer, Olivia. Recurring donation. Yes, man. We, we, we see you in there bopping your head to the music. Multi-denominational church. You right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Film Press Comics, M. Stevens. Thank you. Thank you. Maurice Novembre. Yeah, we, we see you in your white suit. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Coming in those fluorescent colors. Yes. Brina H., recurring donator. Yeah, we see you in your sundress, girl. Corey A., the tickler. Pure heathen, but he found a way to donate. Oh, we thank you, sir. Conrad L., recurring first-time donator to the show. Thank yeah, you, we, we we understand now why you always come to the new class we constantly have, because you're always a new donator. Mm-hmm. Tabitha L., she recurred on there. Thank you, Tabitha. And that's everybody. Thank you so much, everybody that yes. donated to us. They put, they put in the plate today. We want to tell everybody. Thank you. Sing us out. Come on. Even though I hurt, see, I smile. Y'all feel that? I know God is working, so I smile. Even though- God damn, there's some good church music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that, is that too far? I don't know. Um, all right, man, let's get it. It just makes you feel good. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, when you, when you give, we're going we gonna to be sure we try to remember because I forgot too that, uh, we're going to, um, you know, Play have some music. music. Yeah, have some music just so y'all know. We appreciate you donating. We had reviews on the show. Um, and I think I closed the, uh, there we go. We had review, it, uh, five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, which we would like to get to. Uh, first of all, Karen, tell them how to leave a five-star review on iTunes. You can leave a five-star review on iTunes by going to any Apple product you have and looking at your iTunes. And up in the left top-hand corner, it is said, leave a five-star review. Click on that. Um, um, rate us five stars and leave a review because we have people to leave stars but they don't write reviews do we want you we want to see what you guys have to say it doesn't have to be long it doesn't have to be elaborate just gonna say hey we don't care we will read it as long as it is five stars and mm-hmm. if you do not have an apple <coughs> device or you do not have itunes you can go to itunes.com create an account and leave us five star reviews on itunes and any other of your favorite podcast all right here we go Five star reviews from last week. Dez one one seven says, "Keep up the good work." Five stars. Your podcast always cracks me up. Keep doing what you're doing. We will. Dez one 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 seven, aka centric, pure cocaine in its rawest form. Five stars. Damn, we the plants. Not in its rawest form. I discovered the podcast through Black on Black Cinema, and let me say that Rod and Karen have changed my life. This Woo-hoo. podcast is exciting, informative, revolutionary, and a tad bit sophisticated. Sophisticated. It's a new word. It's a good word. I like that. I like that, too. I'm a bit salty that I spent years listening to the generic white guy and white girl talk about colorblindness and random stuff white people like. This podcast gives a 10 out of 5 stars. And trust me, I'm an expert. I'm a professor who will be sending all of her students over here. Make sure you subscribe. Well, thank you very much, a.k.a. Centric. Yes, thank you, sweetie. Yeah, and you know what, man? I think a lot of people don't know 
what podcasting can be and a lot of people just don't get exposed to it Mm -mm. and i am proud and happy that uh so many black podcasts are blowing up and Mm -hmm. spreading the love to each other and spreading the word right because that is kind of like a genre of podcast that uh, existed for a long time that for some reason we just didn't have which is Black people just talking about shit. Right. You know, it always had to be like a certain topic. Oh, sports, racial right. stuff, um, politics. Right. It just had to always be something, you know. And uh, I kind of enjoy the fact that, you know, we were kind of on the forefront of just talking a little bit of shit on the show, just talking about normal pop culture stuff, mm-hmm. uh, no real agendas. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm glad that we stuck around this, t- this long. Man, I, I, I was looking at um a facebook post of somebody that liked something uh that i put on facebook and i just thought like man that person has been listening since the first time we ever did a show that's crazy Mm -hmm. you know so yeah man we watch people grow up and you know people that hey uh, when i get out of school i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna donate and i'm gonna blah blah we watch people fulfill those promises we watch people People say as soon as i get a job like i said as soon as i finish i'm gonna be a doctor i'm gonna be a lawyer and we watch people like over our time doing this show we've grown with the audience and we watch people really become you know things that right you know um that you know goals that they set for themselves right and 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 have planned and accomplished great things and it's just one of those things where you know we do remember a lot of interactions a lot of emails and voicemails and phone calls and a lot of a lot of the interactions stuff on facebook stuff on twitter and so it's just one of those things where we might not always say hey we see you but we literally see you like because we remember a lot of this stuff yeah man so you guys are awesome and uh yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed the podcast and uh, telling people about it. Um, middle name Jay by Three Piece Suit Militant. Great podcast by a great husband and wife team. Both Rod and Karen are great hosts. They are funny, insightful, ratchet, and righteous. Usually all at the same time. That is a quality yeah. that is hard to come by and is greatly appreciated. Check out this podcast. You will be glad you did. Woo-hoo. Five stars. Uh, by this is the title of the of the review and five stars is what the review is by Autumn C. I absolutely love this podcast, especially the Tuesday recaps. You're the reason I'm still watching True Blood. You know what? I'm sorry, Autumn C. You, know, the, the <laughs> you audience, got one more to go. The audience asked us, but baby, we almost made it. We are almost there. We yes, are you almost are. there. One more. Letty May uh, Lip Acting School, priceless. I started listening over a year ago. This is my first review. Well, thank you very much. And on iTunes, you can only leave one review. So um, I just want to say, man, what's dope is if you add up every review we've had that's less than five stars, mm-hmm. um, and all those people didn't leave reviews, some of them just left negative, like, you know, just four stars, no, no review. Mm-hmm. We have over 500 positive reviews right now. That's, that's so dope, man. Thank mm-hmm. y'all. Uh, last one, One Rule 529 says, Great podcast, five stars. Couldn't get through my day without Ryder Karen. Keep up the great work. We will. Yep, and because iTunes only allow you to leave one star, I mean, not one star, only one allows you to leave review. one five-star review, uh, whenever you leave your five-star review, it's on time. So for those of you that's been been crapping around, but I'm going to leave it, I'm going to leave it, just take the time out, do your iPod, iPad, whatever Apple device you got, create an account. We appreciate every five-star review because it does mean something, and it moves us up in the uh, rankings. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, uh, and of course, um, we got five star reviews on Stitcher, which you can leave as many as you want. You sure can. So if you guys, you know, run out over on iTunes, can't leave another one, go to Stitcher. Um, so, and Stitcher always fouls them late, so I'm not sure, uh, if I read these before or not, I will, if I'm reading them twice, sorry, but, uh, here we go. Rod and Karen are hilarious, yet serious when need be. This is from Pothead Fred. Podcast royalty was the title of that. Five stars. Five stars from Soapbox says TBGWT. TBGWT is my favorite podcast. I love me some Ryder Karen. Well, thank you, Soapbox. <laughs> and Dre Warren says five stars, intelligent ratchetness at the highest level. Love the show. Don't always agree with Ryder Karen, but they entertain me. Well, you know what? We don't always agree with you either. But yeah. we appreciate you chiming in. We do. And that's one beautiful thing about it is that no we don't have to agree but you don't have to agree with somebody to enjoy them i don't know why people think that you have to be like on the same page 100 percent of the time just for you to enjoy them and their content and before we move on i want people to know if you are outside of the continental united states on itunes please let us know because itunes only shows us the five star reviews that are left inside of the 50 states so this includes canada and mexico so if you're in canada and mexico and anywhere else in the world and you said well i left you i left a five-star review and riding can didn't read it it's guaranteed you because we didn't know so please let us know if you are outside of the continental united states it's only from itunes i think stitcher allows you to post from anywhere so we thank you for everybody that's going to leave five-star reviews on itunes and stitcher um episode 764 let's read the comments on the website uh take a mental break is the title of this episode no comments for the actual episode but we did have a poll and we got three comments there the poll was, you ever need to take a break from social media? Yes, sometimes it can get depressing. No, it's normally fine for me, and I'm not really on social media that much. 24% of our audience says, hey, not on social media that much. 10% says, nope, don't need a break, normally fine for me. And 66% of people said, yes, sometimes it can get depressing. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, a lot of people. You yeah, know, two thirds of people on social media are like, yes, yeah, sometimes you got to walk away because, uh, you know, certain events happen and it becomes like an echo chamber, I believe. Right. And when certain things happen, you realize how dumb people are, how ignorant people are, the lack of understanding, empathy and sympathy people have. And a lot of people on social media are interacting with their real true life friends and they realize, hey, what you're saying is a tad bit racist there. I really didn't notice about you. So for some people, they say they just leave social media altogether because I was like, you know, in order for me to remain cool with you so I don't cuss you out. I'd rather not see your opinions on politics and, and religion and shit like that because if it wasn't for that, you're a pretty cool person. Yeah, how many people didn't know stuff about their Facebook friends? They just assumed that y'all were cool and y'all were buddies and that they were cool people. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin right. or... I've seen so many people fall out over that. Yeah, Anthony Cumia. And then you just realize, like, oh, these people have some really fucked up opinions. We just never talk about it. Right. We had uh, some comments. Academics writes, I was just saying to myself today that I need a break from the news slash social media. This footage of people getting gas and police brutality started getting to me. I need to recharge my batteries, take a break, and then come back and resume telling people what's up. Yeah, you know, one thing I like about our show is that it has been a break for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's with us actually covering a lot of stuff that happened in Ferguson. Right. Because, you know, we talk about other things. We move on. We 
mix it in, but we don't like just stay there and we still find a way to have fun and make jokes. And um, I'm proud of the show for being that. And I'm glad we could like when people hit us up and go, man, thank goodness for y'all. Uh, this shit was real depressing, but I appreciate, you know, y'all uh, talking about other things or I appreciate y'all finding humor in some of this stuff. You know, you know, I mean, people hit us up about the Nelly uh part of the the show like it's just i don't know man it makes me very proud to be that because that's kind of what i want to be in life to people i don't want them just thinking me of a set of problems or a person that you know is constantly depressed and disaster baiting Mm -hmm. and there's people for that there's people that are out there spreading the word and constantly given there you know and you need those people out there right. but, but it's not part of me and my like me and my personality that would drive me insane so yeah. you need the people out there on the forefront that's constantly doing that but for me i have the option of tapping in and tapping out and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where life itself is depressing i mean like if you really start looking at life itself so i have a tendency to look at the enjoyable things in life the fun things in life the funny things in life and realize that life is a lot bigger than that and realize that you can't stay stuck there so that's one thing i do love and enjoy about our show that even in sad situations funny shit does happen but you have to look at it from that perspective right um KJ Dollar says, as I get older, I find I need to get on social media less and less. The fuckery gets a little much sometimes. It's good to disconnect and refresh sometimes. Prince Laurent says, my biggest problem is that I cannot stop myself from reading the comment section of online articles. Oh, man. So even when it is a good story, I end up going through a negative experience. Social media isn't a problem because I cater my accounts that I never have to encourage ignorant, encounter ignorant fucks. But in the comments section, anything goes. You wouldn't believe some of the arguments that I've had on the most bland, boring stories. Once, once I, once there was a discussion about the legacy of MLK in the comments section of an article detailing Derrick Rose's knee surgery. Damn. Had nothing to do with each other. I stopped reading comments about a while ago, but got lured back in with the Ray Rice incident because I felt I had to speak out against the fuckery. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, and when it comes to social media. Twitter and Facebook, uh, they're, they're two separate experiences. Like, I've realized that uh, uh, for a lot of people, Twitter, you still have fuck around Twitter, but Twitter is more of you can kind of filter. You can, you can filter on Facebook, too, but it's a little different. With Twitter, you can kind of filter, block, mute, and things like that. On Facebook, it's one of those things where where because people can comment on other people's shit, you can kind of see it, and it all kind of blends down your timeline. And I think um, a lot of people on Facebook are very, not all, but some people on Facebook very ignorant to a lot of shit, and they'll just put shit out there, and you're like, wow, I cannot believe you're just this dumb and this idiotic. And I think a lot of times, like I said before, people on Facebook, a lot of people on Facebook are people's real-life friends. With On Twitter, a lot of people you follow and interact with, Y'all might not see each other over day, over every day, or the uh, interaction is a different interaction. So I think the experiences are different for me. I don't read comment sections too fast because I know there ain't nothing in there but fuckery. Um, and I think sometimes you can be your own worst enemy by do by doing things like that. Sometimes you just have to take a break and stay away. Yeah, I'm off of message boards and comment sections and. I know people that are on message boards, they kind of look at that as like some type of weird cop out or whatever, but that's just how invasive that shit is. It makes Mm -hmm. you feel like 
people that leave are somehow like abandoning you or too weak or something but i got off of it uh when i needed to be productive for myself like this podcast is a huge part of why i don't do message boards why i don't do um uh comment section because you spend the waste you waste a lot of energy on that stuff Mm -hmm. uh even when there's a facebook thread and it delves into like an argument and stuff i'll bring it up on the show but it's not a constant on my page. Like I don't like to do that. And no, I, would get I typically end up unfriending people or right. ignoring them, muting them because I, for my own mental health, which I think, uh, is something that we don't really value or discuss, uh, sometimes, right. um, because of the machismo of it, especially for men is like, you know, you weak ass nigga. You don't want to argue all day. It's not good. It's not healthy. Um, and now it's weird because when I talk to people that are on message boards that argue all day, I kind of check out on them sometimes because it's just a message board argument. They don't realize they've been having this debate, this discussion with people constantly for a long period of time. And mm-hmm. that, you know, they're like, it's just, it's never going to end. And it's just constantly this, this negativity that you're always trudging through. And it can exhaust you, man. I didn't yes. realize how much I didn't care or didn't need message boards or anything like that until i was off of it same thing with comment sections until i just was like yeah i'm not gonna argue with these people it's like a a switch flipped and it was hard to go back like um every once in a while you know we'll get hits on our site like hey uh and and it's, it's like this site recommended you or there was a link clicked on this site to get to you and if it's from a message board sometimes i'll click on it and go oh what were they saying it's almost never good. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's like a person that's a fan of us going, Hey, check out this show. They, they did a really good thing about whatever. Within a few seg- comments, it'll be somebody saying some petty shit. You know, it'll be somebody, Oh, I don't like that motherfucker or I hate their voices or I do blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's the kind of negativity that constantly exists on that shit. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to subject yourself to it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm above anybody because I used to do it for years. So I'm not even going to be like, you need to get off of that shit. It's easier said than done. I, I definitely understand. But uh when I, I'll just say as a testimony for myself, when I got off, it uh totally uh made me feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, I think a lot of it is just the difference in uh people's personality. I never got on a message board because I really didn't know what the hell they were or anything like that. Like, so my internet experience is a little different. And on top of that, a lot of people on, on message boards, they live that life. And sometimes talking to the people in real life, you be like, motherfucker, you sound goddamn insane. This is not the fucking message board. I am a person. Talk to me like I'm a human being. Don't come to me with these made up fucking talking points, arguing just for the sake of arguing. Because I've seen people argue like they're on message boards. I was like, y'all need to kill that bullshit because it's dumb yeah, I and can it's idiotic. I can even tell like my friends that I've made but that stay on the message board, that come from the message board. Like sometimes the conversations they have, they don't recognize it because it's just message board talk, but it's right. so callous mm-hmm. and calculated and kind of rough. Right. That is, it's one of those like, yo, we wouldn't talk to each other like this face to face. Right. So like, can we keep it civil and respectful? And normally when you kind of make that point, some of them kind of come back down to reality, but on the message board, everything is times 12. Everything's times 10, times 100. Same, and the comment section is even worse. So, yeah, man, that that definitely would fuck with my mental health 
if I read the comment section uh, to so many of these articles, man, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and to hear you and I've heard Brandon and Deidre and other people talk about their interactions on message board, and a lot of people on message board get really, really, really nasty, personal, and petty, you know, posting all people's personal, all kinds of personal information, getting, sending people to people's houses. I mean, a lot of times people take that shit way, way too seriously, and you were, maybe you were fucking arguing about, uh, Derrick Rose, and all of a sudden it's like you ain't nothing but a bitch. How we get to this? But we talking about Derrick Rose' knee. It's like every like I said, everything goes to the next level. Yep. Um, episode seven sixty five, Ebony Towers. Rod and Karen discuss Ferguson, Bad Boys three, Gene Simmons on depression, bunch of stuff. Church porn girl. I can't believe they caught my baby. Oh. Um, we got one reply from Sir Charles. He says you took it back to my freshman year at AT and T with that bone crusher. He did it. He did a football version of Never Scared for Madden, I believe, and they played it at every home game before the team ran through the tunnel to prepare for kickoff. The result: they were undefeated at home and won the MIAC championship. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> um, are you excited to see Bad Boys Three? Was the uh, poll for the show? Yes, I'd love another movie. Nah, it's been too long, and I never saw the first two. Fifty-three percent of people would love another movie. 34% of people said no. It's been too long. I'm surprised. I thought that was really high. Me too. And 13% of people never saw the first two. Oh, might, might be the age. That Now that, maybe we yeah. just old. We are old. People better realize a lot of shit that we like. You have a generation now going, what the hell is that? that, that I was five when that came out. You're like, oh shit, yeah, you were five. Prince Laurent says, niggas, I'm already there. I want Bay to direct, but I'm there anyway. Martin will be 50 by the time that they start filming. I expect him to put that Danny Glover spin on the kid's character. He'll be 50 for real? Wow. Um, yeah, we old. Martin Martin is like 20-something years old. Oh, wow. That's crazy. But that means he was 30-something when he was filming? That doesn't make sense. Anyway, Craddockus says, Why are these Bad Boy sequels so far apart? Eight years between one and two. Now what? At least 12 years between the two and three? Right. I don't know why they're so far apart. CP time, I guess. <laughs> uh, we got episode of 766, Black on Black Crime, where we discuss Ferguson developments, Meek Mill, the penis collector, GOP dude to have sex with his incapacitated wife, bunch of stuff. Uh, got some feedback. Mr. Gundam says, hi, Karen and Rob. Rob, R-O-B. God damn it. <laughs> It's Rod. It's Rod, y'all. R-O-D. It's Rod. <laughs> I wish I had something else to talk about, but goddamn, I left work early listening to Karen sleep on J. Cole new song. <laughs> this light-skinned boy crying his heart out and Karen like, you was, you still whack. Is there an award for I give no fuck on Tibbies? Because Karen won it all. If they, if that, if that Cheerios baby asked Karen for a bowl of fucks on the top of the fridge, Karen would give no fucks. This show's the greatest terror hawk. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Um, AJ, the engineer, says, hey, Rod and Karen, I hope you guys are doing well with all the craziness that's happened the last two weeks. Rod, I'm glad your voice is back, but you got to let Karen do the intro lyrics from time to time. She's got flow and lyrics to go. No, I don't. Yeah, okay. You trying to troll the show? Uh, I, I gave her a song that she knew all the words to. Yeah, that's right. Don't give me some shit I don't know because I will remix that shit. I'll be like, DJ Clue. By the time I get finished, I'm like, what the hell is she rapping about? 
to the serious stuff. I've been thinking for days about what comment to make on the Ferguson protest. One of the frustrating things I've noticed is the keyboard gangsters. So many people not in Ferguson have been demanding pictures and status check-ins from those who are on the ground. But if you've been following the right people, you know the cops are busting heads if you get caught taking photos. Elon had a, had a dispatch the other day where the cops were throwing tear gas at anything that moved. But folks the next morning were accusing him of not being in Ferguson because it was an only audio recording, not a video. Wow. Really? People did that? Wow. Social media is crazy, man. I don't know who would listen to or read or his tweets or and go, this dude's faking it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, because people's full of bullshit. Just like um, uh, Elder Williams uh, had went on a show uh, today, uh, today or yesterday, I think this morning, talking about a lot of political stuff. And somebody basically hit her up and basically said that she was ignorant and dumb and didn't know what she was talking about. So there are a lot of very... Um, dumb people out there that whenever anybody says anything they're like automatically they don't believe you or they call you names because that's their way of dealing with the situation crazy crazy yeah i saw elon had an interview with al jazeera i think they edited out part of it but at some point they said something like so now that you had your moment or something like some weird like condescending shit like yeah, there's been a lot of animosity towards the media and people that went down there. And I don't know why there's animosity towards those people that, you know, either they went down there to help or they went down there to spread the word. Or at worst, they went down there for their brand, possibly. But even if you go down there for your brand and it's helping people, why would you be why would people be mad at those people? You know, I, I think should, should it not help them. You know what I mean? Because I'm not going my ass down there. So why am I going to be like, oh, these niggas went down there and was, you know, filming everything documenting it and spreading the word for the residents what assholes you know what i really think that for a lot of uh the actual mainstream media they have beef with a lot of the quote-unquote independent media because a lot of the independent media has been more accurate they've been given more information and for the first time ever especially with with the uh, how big social media is They've been people actually been listening and tuning in and not really paying mainstream media attention. So a lot of those people feel slighted because they're like, well, we got crews, we got cameras, we got a name. How dare you come down here and cover a story that we're supposed to cover and that people are supposed to, you know, because people get into that ratings bullshit and all that stuff. When at the end of the day, people really don't care. They just want accurate information and true information and they just want to know what was happening. Yeah, and the media went down there. So right. I mean, even, and the media went down there mostly after these independent journalists went down there. So right. days afterwards, that a lot of, <clears throat> lot of, lot of, lot of the, 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 the big brands were not even covering this shit. We're not talking about this shit until they was like, Hey, we got people on our feed at us and posting on Facebook going, why ain't y'all covering this shit? Such, such down there. Why? What was, what's going on? They're like, Oh, we better get some cameras down in Ferguson. And it's just one of those things where, I think that they have an issue with people, quote unquote, taking their ratings, taking their spotlights. But this isn't, Karen, this isn't the media calling these people out. This is people on Twitter. This is other people on Twitter going, I don't believe Elon James is really there. Or I don't believe that this stuff is happening that you guys are saying. No. That's I, not That's not I, Anderson Cooper saying that. No, I was commenting on what you were saying before about what the dude said to Elon. Yeah, well, that dude was not a media person. That, oh, you talking about the Al Jazeera dude? Right. Okay. Yeah. That, those those were saying. my comments okay. about not 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 that 
Yeah, I was trying to keep it to the uh, person that wrote in, but yes, I agree. You're right. Uh, I think there has been some of that. Um, I'm sure there's some of that with any media story, Mm -hmm. media infighting. But, you know, to see actual people on Twitter questioning someone like, why is this audio only and shit like that? Like, what do you think? He went to a sound studio and made Made all those fake sounds, you know? Uh, sure enough, we can argue now that the cause of the church being raided could have been due to people tweeting their locations. Yeah, we talked about that. The major frustration I've had these past couple of weeks outside the terrible FPD handling of this case is the amount of decided ignorance from all people, black, white, whatever. I have the same Internet access as everybody else, and I've done my fair share of digging through rumors to find as much as I can about what happened that day in Ferguson. But when I check Facebook or any other social media, you can clearly see that people have decided to not research anything but still comment. Right. Well, welcome to the Internet. I've had some of my black friends call out for prayer totally disregarding the fact that the tanks were brought to the first prayer vigil after the shooting. I've seen white friends side with the Mike Brown rush to cop argument, totally ignoring the fact that eyewitnesses said he had his hands up. This whole ordeal has shown me that even in the, the, even the stations I watch, like MSNBC, will choose to air images that further hurt a black person and their family, but will discuss the good traits of a guy who shot up in elementary school. Um... Man, you know what's funny, man? I was talking to Chris from the Sandy Check about this, uh, movie trailer reviews out net. I was talking to him about this on Twitter and we kind of like got to a point where we just kind of disagreed. But the media is in a fact gathering mode right now. Mm-hmm. I think maybe in a few months, maybe, um, we'll see investigative journalism that actually sorts out the lies from the truth and all that stuff. But right now, they're kind of just anybody that's willing to report what's happening on the ground, they're listening to. Mm -hmm. And that includes the police. Right. So I think we're getting a lot of what us as viewers and people who are paying attention to the story are like, that's misinformation. The police are lying. Uh, The police are, you know, full of shit on this topic or whatever. I think they're presenting those, the police, and they're also presenting the people who are going, that's bullshit. The police are lying. Uh, they're also presenting the people who are going, um, hey, there's right, you know, the police are like, there's riots out here. We got to stop it. They're messing up the stuff. And then there's people that are in the crowd that are like, well, that's a small percentage of people and we're protecting the stores ourselves. They're reporting it all. They're not like, to me, this is kind of what the news should be, which is you report everything. And hopefully at one point someone will sort all this out and go, Here's the here's the truth as much as we can tell it is when it was happening. You know what I mean? Which might take months because you have to investigate it. You can't mm-hmm. just come up arbitrarily. And a lot of us are biased. We don't want to admit it, but we're biased. Of course. We don't give a fuck about other shit. Like, mm-hmm. even if someone did throw a Molotov cocktail at the police, I we don't, don't care. Sure don't. We're like, that doesn't justify what you guys did. Right. And they wouldn't throw it if your ass wasn't there. Right. right? <laughs> So, so we already are biased, but if we can't admit that, then we're not really being honest about the, what the media's job should be. Um, the media's job shouldn't be to not hurt a black person and their family, um, their feelings. Um, and I've seen MSNBC, they've talked about the positives with Mike Brown. You know, I've seen that. I've, but I also have seen, when they talk to the police, the police are going, this is the negatives about Mike Brown. So they can justify what they did. That, like, they're presenting it all. 
i don't want um like to me if i wanted a biased media that told me what to think i just watch fox news mm-hmm. you know like msnbc and cnn are trying to get, present as broad a case as they can you yeah, know they're trying to give you as much information as they can right and, and it could be an overload but they give you as much information right as they if can. you're tuned in you'll probably see the angles and figure it out for yourself for the most mm-hmm. part but it, but the reason you have access to a lot of information is because of them the even the independent people that are on the ground they were bringing those people on the interview right like this like to me um they're doing a good job and i think some of us just desire more because you know we've made up our minds about what happened and what the response should be and which facts are relevant and which ones aren't we've made up our minds but mm-hmm. that the the media's job is not to make up their minds and this is the closest they've done to a good job on something like this that i've seen honestly yeah, regardless um, if you agree or disagree that they're, they're giving you information yeah the bigger problem i have with the media is something that goes beyond presenting both sides blah 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 all this shit it's um when they bring on these people to argue the stuff mm-hmm. that's what i don't like Mm-mm. like i don't think larry elder needs to, to be brought in to discuss anything about this like there's nothing relevant he has to say about it. He's not gonna put boots on the ground. He's not interested in helping anybody. He's mm-hmm. not even interested in what happened. Right. But they'll bring him on. They'll have him argue with someone like Mark Lamont Hill or uh you know, whoever. They'll have him argue with uh Van Jones and then for for the amusement on uh, interest of white people and for the ratings and for the clicks and for you guys to retweet it and spread it around. That sickens me. That's what sickens me. Talil Kweli and Don Lemon arguing sickens me. Right. It's just so pointless. It doesn't. It's a waste of time. And I'm glad that they were squashing and all this shit, but it still was five pointless minutes of ego checking Mm. on national TV Mm. for no reason at all. Um. So it's shit like that that gets under my skin because the undercurrent is that these people don't really care about us or the story at that point. Those are things they do to promote themselves mm-hmm. and to promote their network and to get the, the the most clickable video that day. I don't like that shit. But if you want to tell me that, you know, sometimes they discuss the good traits of a guy who shot up at elementary school, I'm okay with that. Cause that, cause, cause honestly, man, um, I'm not against that. What I'm against is, um, I'm not against them presenting both sides of, of, of someone that does one of these typical white crimes like that. I'm for them presenting both sides of someone like Mike Brown or both sides. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I I think everyone should be examined and given kind of a fair shot. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to have sympathy, it shouldn't be selective. And they did have sympathy for Mike Brown. And I think if you didn't feel that or didn't see that at all, I feel like that's because we're just, like at that point, you're so jaded and biased that you couldn't feel it, you know, like you refused to. Because they have, especially MSNBC, they have done a ton of Mike Brown's about to go to college. You know, this is Mike Brown's mom. This is his dad. This is his, uh, you know, he was living with his grandfather. Like, they've done a ton of that. These are his friends. Like, th- yeah, it, it hasn't been this one-sided railroad another kid, in my opinion. Um, I'll stop rambling. I guess I had a lot on my mind besides the po- images of peaceful protests being, oh, and by the way, I'm not arguing with you really. I understand 
everybody's emotional around this okay Mm -hmm. more than anything else this week if you take anything from anything i've said anything we've done on the show just please understand because i've repeated it many many times i understand that everyone's at a highly emotional state right now right and i'm not judging people because we're all just hurting right everybody is just has a ton of stuff that is brought to the surface by this right and ultimately none of us are each other's enemies we all would like to live in a world where this kind of shit gets resolved and due process takes course Mm -hmm. that's all we ask yeah so don't you know i don't want anybody feeling like oh this they against me or they disagree like you know even when i talked to chris i was like you know i get it you know i might not be as emotional necessarily about it because Chris has been getting harassed by trolls and arguing and discussing yes. this for over a week now. Yes, he has. I've kind of been opting in and out. I don't argue with people about it. I'm like, up, oh, duh, well, I'm the delete, block, whatever. Uh, so anyway, he says, I'll stop rambling. I guess I had a lot on my mind. Besides the images of peaceful protests being met by tear gas and rubber bullets, I think the image of Elon during that Al Jazeera interview will stick with me for a while. His face, I think, displayed what many of us are thinking. Why are we still dealing with this in 2014, and how many more years will it continue? Great show, Rod, MC Karen, peace. AJ, the engineer. Peace. Peace. We appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, I didn't see the interview. I wish I could have saw it live because I understood they edited Yeah, I think they have the whole version out there somewhere. Yeah, somebody got to have it because apparently the dude went kind of off the the deep end and really went in on uh, or tried to ask a loaded question to, to, to uh, Elon. So the poll was black on black crime. It's OK with me. I'm not cool with it. Or wait a minute. What this got to do with Mike Brown? Three <laughs> percent uh, of people said they are OK with black on black crime. Not a problem. Uh. 13% of people said they're not cool with it. They don't, not a fan of black on black crime. And 84% of people passed the test and said, wait a minute, what's this got to do with Mike Brown? All right, I'm in that group. Uh, Nub says, damn, Rod, you calling the Ferguson PD asshole? Sounds about right. Yeah, I took a very bold stance at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know what, guys? I'm sticking with it. I'm sorry. I know we lost some, uh, a few listeners, listeners but not a fan of Ferguson PD. Mm-mm. Willing to be judged by it, but I just think they, uh, they're they not good. They're not good. Rod, Nubs also says, Rod, this is why I listen to your podcast. Your selection, <laughs> Rod and Karen, your selection of hot button issues that no one addresses is why I listen to the show. Your coverage of the anti-gay GOP candidate whose wife left him for another woman hits at one of the core American issues of the century. You see, the real reason we can't have LGBTQ rights is because they are competition. That's right. No one wants to talk about it, you see. Yeah. Everybody wants to keep it hush-hush, but we see what time it is. You just let one of them get rice and they're out to get your woman or your man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a that's the real. It's like, I'm against gay marriage because these bitches is all on my wife. <laughs> I went to WNBA game and they was they was out there, y'all. I know. A, a woman going, I'm, a, I'm against it because I love my husband and I don't want no other man feeling on his booty. Mm-hmm. That's why Michelle Bachman's for it. <laughs> LOL, just kidding. Thank you so much for these shows and jokes. Karen and Rod is really helping me guess, get through what happened in Ferguson. And you guys are right. Too much social media combined with mainstream BS can really poison your mind. Stay strong, folks. Yes, it can. Dang, you responded again. He said, dang it. I can't stop with these comments. Okay, but really quick, though. 
rod about what you said about how important it is for cops to be connected to the community and how much harder it is to shoot tear gas be brutal to someone you know it really does seem like that at the time i'm writing this comment that the police are outright choosing the least humane option from the police officer's point of view is any of this worth it like really is the economy that bad these days that you have to violate rights for a paycheck on some superhero comic book movie shit, you always have a choice. The people of Ferguson are choosing to protest and the police are choosing to oppose them violently. Okay, I'm done. I agree. You know what's funny, man? Uh, my man Randolph Terrence uh, brought this up on Three Guys On where he said, there's no such good thing as a good cop. And I know a lot of people think that's very controversial to say or maybe he's just saying it out of some like angry, black anger place. But he brought up something that like, and it's true with the thin blue line, like cops are basically like a gang and they never snitch on each other. Mm-mm. Criminals snitch on each other, uh, whistleblowers, all the, cops are always like, even when someone does something fucked up, we're not going to talk about it. Mm-mm. Like I actually saw one police officer that showed up in Ferguson with a sign basically to say, hey, we just want to know what happened to Mike Brown, basically. And it it was a powerful statement because I've never seen any other cop out there. Mm-mm. And you're not going to because nope. they always kind of side with this idea that sometimes you got to kill a person. And maybe it's because, you know, they see themselves in that position possibly or they can they just want to have the benefit of the doubt. But whatever it is, some of the most corrupt shit has happened because cops refuse to you know, come forward on each other. Right. And no matter how nice and innocent and cool that cop is with you, if at the end of the day you get shot and he goes, well, I don't want to fucking say that it wasn't warranted because now I'm on the outside looking in, then, then can he really be a good person? You know, if nobody from the Ferguson PD said, I'm not coming to work today. Nobody. Nobody. Or, or if they did, they didn't let that shit be known. If yeah. somebody called that was like, you know what, y'all call me when this shit is over. I'm taking a vacation. Yeah, nobody was like, I'm not shooting tear gas at citizens of the United States. I'm right. sorry, but I y'all have to do that shit without me. I know it's so. Like, where are the good cops? Because I feel like only a person with impeccable courage and uh, true moral conscience can actually stand up to these people and be like, I don't care if I got a badge on or not. I'm not doing this. I can't believe nobody did. Anyway, Terrell says, damn, Karen won't even bother to won't even give brother J. Cole a break when he's speaking from the gut. I was about to be all in my feelings on that song, but I could hear Karen's grunt, grunt, grim ice through the speaker shaking my head. Also, who don't know to stay off Facebook if you leading a quadruple life? Facebook suggested <laughs> I, I friend a former boss's middle schooler. Oh. I made a point to never friend her on any social platform. And I've heard her tell her closest colleagues that she doesn't mix her Facebook friends with work friends. Of course he gonna, he, of course he was gonna get caught. And if I recall correctly, he was not the first to get caught with an extra wife on Facebook. Get well soon, Rod. Stay sweet, K. Thanks, Carolyn. Cool. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, yes. Yeah, but yeah, them, them suggestions, man. Facebook gotta have something, but you could like, just turn this off. Don't, it should be like, don't suggest me to nobody and don't suggest nobody to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see the people who invoke black on black crime only when white a white person is involved have zero credibility with me in times like this when offered up it seems like nothing but a justification for why it's okay for a white person to kill one of you when y'all do it too 
how about we talk about criminal on non-criminal crime? And from all accounts and facts that we currently have, Darren Wilson at some point stopped being a cop and became a criminal. And no amount of black-on-black crime can absolve him from that. Um, you know what's funny, man? Um, um, what, what's funny about the, the thing with the black-on-black crime is Larry Elder's never going to talk about black-on-black crime until another white person kills a black person. Right. Like, he's never, it's not like you're going to have a black-on-black crime symposium. In in July, just cause he would never be there. He don't care. It's only when somebody's like, "Yo, it's a man, talking point." Cops killed an innocent black man. You know what? Black on black crime got to stop. Like, how are we on this topic again? Right. What does that have to do with what the fuck's going on right here? And here's the other thing, man. That um, may and I'm not sure that. Matter of fact, fuck it. I mean, this is what the show's about, and it might not be a popular opinion. Um, but I'm. And this is the same thing I said about Trayvon. I don't know what happened. I don't think we'll ever get to know. Nope, because so much stuff has been tainted and so much, so many, to my, my personal so many lies have been told. So many things have been covered up. So much of the police officers have fucked up with a lot of shit. So it's one of those things where even if we're quote unquote presenting all the evidence, we really don't know if it's all the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of us are biased. I know I am. We see things. We see what we want to see, you know, um, and we're not going to admit that because I think, you know, we're justifiably biased to some extent, but we're not impartial. Right. So um, basically what I'm saying is there's a scenario where if, 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 if he really did charge him and all this shit, it's possible and if that's what's proven in the court of law, that's what's proven. The problem I have is that there's no due process on this shit. Right. That's, that's problem. my problem. I never have a problem because the idea that we're going to catch someone murdering somebody in cold blood is just very low. It's just so hard to prove. You know, um, the evidence that we see, we're going to take it and we're going to because we already have our suspicions. I think the cops have rightfully made us suspicious right. by withholding certain information, mm-hmm. by trying to play this case out publicly with by moving slow, by tainting Michael Brown's uh, image and all this stuff with stuff that wasn't relevant necessarily to the idea of this is what happened, you know, like, um, you know, because like people are like, well, they show the tape to show that, um, you know, the tape of the strong arm robbery because. It shows that maybe he was on edge when the police approached him. And maybe that is relevant to a court of law. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a protest. It's not going to make people go home. Nope. It's only going to make them more mad. Right. And, and it's that kind of stuff that the callousness, the just lack of foresight that at every turn that you want to give anyone a benefit of the doubt, you're just not going to be able to. Mm-mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know what happened. Um, and it would take a, it would take a huge leap for me personally to feel like, um, Darren Wilson woke up that morning and was like, I want to kill a unarmed black man. That's what I want to do today. It takes a huge leap for me to believe it. You know, yeah, I don't think that was. I think for team. some people it doesn't matter, and there's no empathy or sympathy towards that shit. And I understand. I'm not gonna fight you on it, but for me personally, I don't. I believe that something went horribly wrong mm-hmm. for him to even do some shit like that. 
even if it was a loss of control, even if it was he got punched in the face and he did that shit, you know, who knows? Who knows what it was? The problem I have is that we'll never know. Yes. Because that's how shit is so truth. fucking covered up. Right. And just mishandled. And that's, the pro- and that's the problem that I have. And that's why I have a lot of distrust for everything that they're saying. Yeah. So that's my main issue here. Um, and that will continue to be the issue that I have. People that say, you know, well, it's obvious what happened. I don't know that it's obvious what happened. I don't. I'm mad that I don't know. Right. That's my problem. Because they never treated this as a thing that needed to be investigated. And that's the problem from you know? the beginning. And that's what made people mad. You know? And it's very frustrating when you talk to people and they want to bypass. Why are they mad? It's like, motherfucker, we're mad because you're not treating this like a crime happened. Yeah. I don't know if Darren Wilson at some point stopped being a cop and became a criminal. I don't know. Mm-mm. I honestly don't know. Um, I know we got our witnesses. I know we got, I mean, there's so much shit that just, just got so mishandled, man. And I'm just so sick of it always being us when this shit gets treated this way. You know what I mean? Um, you just don't have these stories of innocent, not even innocent, unarmed white kids being shot down in the fucking middle of the street. And then nobody cares. No investigation no police that don't interview witnesses. You just don't have these stories. And that is what I think the culmination of a lot. A lot of this is the culmination of those feelings for all of us. And that's what it's about. Every time it happens, it just piles on. I don't know that every single black person that's been shot by the police is unwarranted. I don't know that every uh, officer is is justified in shooting or not shooting. I just know that if we treat it like it shouldn't be looked into, which is what a lot of the other side of this is, Mm -hmm. then we've already lost. We've already lost our humanity. We've already lost our empathy. If we just give up the idea that, Hey, that's just what's supposed to happen. Black people supposed to get killed by the cops. Why is it a big deal? You know? Right. And that's what makes people upset. It's just for the fact that anybody gets shot by the cops, it should be an internal investigation. Uh, period. Because you got to see what happened. And I think, uh, also the thing that makes a lot of people upset is that whenever these situations happen, it's like you get paid leave and it's like, okay, if anybody else committed a crime, I mean, not committed a, well, well, yeah, committed a crime at their job or was suspect in committing a crime, they wouldn't get paid leave of absence. Yeah. Like, you'd be sit your ass home, but you, you'd be sitting at home broke. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know the studies. I haven't looked at the stats. I'm sure there's black people that get, shot or beat up brutalized by the cops it doesn't you know like the dude who you know ferguson pd beat up and then charged with getting blood on their clothes from the beating that they gave him um while he was in jail um for a crime he didn't commit they actually had the wrong person um it didn't even matter that this guy went to court it didn't matter that he sued them nope the most he could get was let out of jail and the charges dropped. Right. But he didn't, they didn't pay for his bills. They Mm-mm. didn't, they were wrong. And it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I saw Leslie in the chat saying like they're killing people because they might be witnesses. I don't even think it matters in the court of law if you leave the person alive anymore. Mm-mm. They don't care about black people. So in general, it's, yeah, well, you got fucked up. What are, what is the police? What are you supposed to do? You know, I really just think. The fact that the disrespect for our deaths and um, 
us being the victims of shit is just so stupid you know like it's just so fucked up man and yeah we just want to be treated like human beings just like anybody else that's all we demand but yeah. when you look and you constantly see us being treated as less than and not equal to and investigations not being handled correctly and you have to fight just to get shit investigated like that's the problem that people have yeah it's not black on black crime it's not white on black mm-hmm. crime it's anything on black Right. People don't care. It goes unresolved. People just act like it's not a big deal. It's less than a person. KJ Dollar says, I would like to meet these black people who don't speak against black on black crime. I do not know even one. Yeah. Yeah. Black people aren't, we're the only ones that care about black on black crime. You know, really hate when people insinuate that during the discussion that we don't care. Yeah. Just back to that changing the subject bullshit. It's irrelevant. I have a friend who's moving to like the hood part of North of Charlotte. Because uh, he, he found a good deal on the house, and he's basically gentrifying it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be living over here." You ever heard of this place called Hidden Valley? I was like, "Hidden oh, Valley." Oh, oh no, right? Oh. It's like the hood, yeah, the oh, hood yeah. of the hood. Yeah, yeah, place. You know, they got gangs over there, right? Places where they had to to say we banned gangs. Gangs can't be here no more. Right, can't hang, can't hang out with your neighbors because y'all are a gang. Right. So, um, but I was talking to him, and I was like, "Yeah, um, you know." You know, it's, it's, it's a pretty uh, uh, heavy crime area and shit. Right, drugs and shit like that. And I was like, you know, the good news is, you know, now that you're over there, the police might come out once in a while. Right. And uh, <laughs> I was like, and plus you get to destroy the myth that uh, it's not because black people don't care about crime. Because like, as you'll see, um, all those hardworking black people that go to work every day and have kids in the community that – they want to see grow up and stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the only ones who care. Police right. don't care. They don't come out on time. Politicians don't come. They're like a lot of people don't care about black on black crime, but none of them are black people. Come on now. Uh, Prince Laurent says, firstly, on episode 767, Country Grammar. Firstly, Bill de Blasio has a black wife and a grown black son with a giant afro. And this dude is out here talking about resisting arrest. I guess his wife had to give his son the talk. Yeah, he was basically saying the reason black kids are getting killed by the cops is because they're resisting arrest. Not not because the cops are not supposed to be doing the chokehold that's outlawed or anything like that. What I really want to talk about is this friend of Darren Wilson that had to give his side of the story. What pisses me off the most is when she whined about people only talking about one side of the story. The cops have been purposely avoiding putting out his side of the story. I wonder how the cops feel about this coming out. Any DA worth a damn will be sending a subpoena to anyone that Wilson may have told a story to. I imagine the cops going over their story like Art going over that shooting with Beth on Orphan Black. <laughs> uh, yeah, like constructing a lie. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the story that he's telling. I don't even know that that is the story that he's telling. Um, and that woman's entitlement and even being on the air was just so stupid and and just easy to see through so right. easy to see through did nelly know what he was talking about yes it made sense to me no nelly was talking out of his ass 10 percent of y'all said it did make sense to you so you guys got it i'm glad you did the rest of us sane people said he was just talking out of his ass mm-hmm. prince lamar says they should have let that nigga stay where he was at he couldn't be but bothered to read an article or two he could have he could have at least did a Twitter search. 
this is the problem with one of the celebrity support. Sometimes you get this shit. I bet Nelly uses this same speech for graduation, pep rallies, an episode of Scared Straight, all types of shit. <laughs> Natasha P. writes in, Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! <laughs> Nelly's speech was a masterclass on how to say a whole lot of nothing with conviction. So, there you go. Um, episode 768, which is the latest one, changing the subject. Um, where we, uh, oh, and the last one before this, we had Justin on. Um, a lot of people enjoyed that. And we covered True Blood. Yes. So, uh, changing the subject was the latest episode, uh, 768. <coughs> we brought up, um, Ferguson and uh, some of the Republicans that were talking about it, black Republicans and shit now. LR Jordan said, what's going on, Ryder Karen? In addition to the content of that, Officer from Alabama, my home state, unfortunately, letter fucking with me. Yeah, he wrote a letter to Ron Johnson, uh, basically reprimanded him and called it bullshit. Um, anyway, one thing that he conveniently neglected to mention was that Mike, with the Mike Brown situation, is that there are mechanisms that have been implemented by several police officers across this country to specifically and equally protect both the officers and citizens during police encounters. For examples, Dashboard cameras have been put in to record, record police stops by, by car to protect both parties. Police protocols, such as when officers are to phone in backup or when officers should pursue certain suspects by foot or immediately reporting use of any weapon against civilians, all are mechanisms that are available to ensure that police encounters go as well as possible for all parties. So for me, when you have these police encounters, where the officer completely neglects to use or follow that protocol, I just find it really difficult to trust the word of the cops. Because when protocol is followed and we don't have to spend so much time ascertaining the veracity of the cop's word, we could just look at the facts. And in this situation, I'm certain that we'll never get a stronghold on the facts. Because the officers who had a chance to follow protocol and preserve these these facts for whatever reason, grossly grossly neglected to. So to me, that's a grave injustice in and of itself. It should be punishable. Thanks as always. Peace. I agree. Me too. Kyle says, I don't know if people are tired of hearing about Ferguson, but I do know that the organizers down there are considering protesting less, less at night. The abuse from the police are taking a mental and physical toll on the protesters. I see people saying that their chest is starting to hurt from the tear gas and that they jump when they hear loud noises. Also, I just heard, wanted to say that Larry Elder was talking so fast. I thought the beat the rigor mortis was going to start, was going to start playing. That breath control was crazy. And as black Republicans are smug, so smug too. Um, yeah, I, he had a lot to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and yeah, I did hear, hear that some of the protesters and stuff were like, we need to stop going out here because it's like abusive to us. You know, police ain't never going to stop. So what you going to do? Go out and get tear gassed every night? You've kind of proved your point. They will not stop tear gassing you Mm-mm. until you stop going out there. So, right. you know, um, at the end of the day, uh, there's no mercy coming. Um, even with the police and Eric Holder and uh, the National Guard and different politicians. Yeah, they just want you out of the town. I've, always, I've said that from the beginning. They just don't want those people there. Well, even what do you mean? Like the protest is like the cops. Is well, some of those people the live there. there. These are their neighborhoods. There's no where are they supposed to go? Like they don't give a fuck. They just like don't be out in the streets. Stay in your house. Yeah, like, I mean, don't be here. When you're gassing people in their yard, it's like where are they supposed to go? You know, this is this is crazy. Mm-hmm. On the light note, that and it sounds tasty. Says on the light note, 
that anaconda video i think my jaw is still dropped yeah nikki was shaking that ass dog yeah, all, all that of was it. pretty crazy i mean it's man this fake ass te- technology man uh it's improved over time women are being able to twerk it now uh so they 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 working it somehow prince Laurent says one question how well do we how well do you have to know someone before you ask them to help you bury a body oh because we talked about an article where a dude ran in the house after he thought he killed somebody and asked his girlfriend to help him bury the body and she said no and he was threatening her and then that person woke up because they weren't dead oh i bet that nigga takes his phone in the bathroom when he takes a shower but want to help with the felony i need your twitter and facebook password pin for your debit card ebt card if that's how you live it and a set of new pics before you can even ask me for help and i would still say no that's prince Laurent. <clears throat> and we had a poll uh do you have ferguson fatigue yet Yes, I'm so tired. Nah, I'm ready to hear more. It was a lot closer poll than I thought. 61% of you guys say they're tired of hearing about Ferguson. And 39% say, nope, I could keep going. Dexter Douglas says, I'm tired of the news because the unfair treatment and brutality makes me sad. But at the same time, I'm hoping it's the start of something and not the end. I'm just hoping that never letting these things slide and the trouble that comes with all this attention makes people think twice before acting like this. Or that black people become politically aware and active and a fringe group of extremists become just prominent enough to force people to deal with the reasonable people of color to get laws passed. Oh, please let us just get an African and Mexican-American Tea Party, please. Aww. Uh Nub says, Dexter, something like that African Tea Party would be awesome. I really do hope that the movement in Ferguson is the start of something like that over the course of my lifetime. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about black organizations and uh, organizing people around political agendas and stuff like that. It would be interesting because I do think, for the most part, the right to due process and the right to um, be treated equally by the police mm-hmm. is something ev- almost every black person can get behind. Right. <clears throat> you know, no matter what your class is, when, you know, you walk out the house in a suit, police still see a nigga. So. Right. I don't know why these people, and that's what makes me so- pisses me off so bad and a lot of older people and even people in their 30s and 40s are very very bad about this pull up your pants bullshit pulling a shirt and tie bullshit it don't goddamn matter what the fuck he has on i don't care if he has dreads i don't care if he has a clean haircut i don't care if she got weave i don't care if she has fingernails 15 inches long it does not goddamn matter she's a human being and he's a human being, and they do not deserve the right to be treated less than just because you weren't dressed like that or because it's not how you were raised or because you consider these people that dress like this less than does not mean that they deserve to be shot in the goddamn street. And there's nothing you can do at the end of the day to change somebody that looks at the color of your skin and considers you a nigger. It does not matter what you have on or what you look like if you have sneakers or if you have high top shoes it doesn't matter and that's and that's the thing that's very frustrating when you talk to the people that come with these goddamn idiotic remarks like that mm-hmm. so yeah there's some people that i think you know will still not be unfortunately they you know they're not going to have any understanding Mm-mm. and they're still going to be very um ridiculous about it but i think for the most part um there's going to be a ton of people that 
are black that share some issues and this brought out a lot of people that come from a lot of different paths right uh, a lot of different class structures but they understand this issue and i hope we do galvanize something behind it i would love to see at least some sort of lobby formed or something because a lot of this stuff doesn't matter to people in power as long as you really have no um voice no pull like hey here's a voting block that is up for grabs you know like to me honestly uh as a black person um after ferguson i would consider my vote up for grabs more than ever because true i'm surprised by the few amount of democrats that voiced anything right and few amount of republicans have voiced anything the end of in in uh, the NRA not voicing anything. And the Tea Party not voicing anything. It's all about people's rights. Uh, whoever you think the next Democratic presidential nominee is, they didn't say shit. Mm-mm. So, yeah, it's very, you know, at this point, I would look at it like, I'll guarantee a lot of black people feel like a little bit disenfranchised. And this will be a good chance to organize a lot of those people into a voting block and be like, hey, court my vote. Show me why I need to vote for you. Cause I know why I voted for Obama and I know, and I'm not even saying cause he's black, obviously that some people voted only cause he's black, but, um, he has done things for black people and poor people that other candidates haven't even come close to. Um, but why should I vote for the next person? Cause I don't see the reasoning and I don't see the leadership. So, yeah. And how do I know if something else was to happen that you would even dress it? You would even speak right. on it. You would just let it be and continue doing your presidential duties. Hillary Clinton is conspicuously absent on this. Right. Conspicuously absent. It's gone on for 14 days. Say something uh, about that group life. I want to hear more because I haven't heard enough. I haven't heard about that police report for the shooting. I haven't heard the logic behind the racial makeup of the grand jury. Yeah, apparently there's. In a town where it's like some, some crazy, like 60, 70% black. black. The grand jury is like nine white people and three black people. Like, how they keep doing that? Amazing. I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard the logic behind the racial makeup of the grand jury. I want to hear more because whatever the outcome, I want to continue to educate myself on the law and the application of that law. I think for me at least, I settle back into my comfortable surroundings and forget about the country at large, let alone the world. I want to see it through to the end. I want to stress that I don't find any joy or entertainment value in this. It does anger me, but for me, that's the point. I want the anger to motivate me to stay involved in whatever possible way I can. If Ferguson has taught me anything, it's more of a reinforcement, really, is to stay involved in my community and my government. More faces on the police force, the city council, et cetera, can make for a more tolerant environment. And that was from about that group life. Yeah, I definitely can see that, that point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was the comments. Oh, and then we got one comment on spoiler movie review for Into the Storm. Craddock is, says, I can't believe you guys didn't mention that the heroic use of pocket knives in this movie was a low key sword, low key sword propaganda. It's not. A knife isn't a sword. Okay, guys? People always bring that up. Look at that knife. It's not a sword. Uh, Hustle Crow. I mean, was it Hustle Crow that left? Uh, yeah. Hustle Crow left a comment on the TBGWT book club. He says, I finished the book. All I have to say is, Ratchet, I can't give away the ending, though. It reads like R. Kelly song. <laughs> so people are finding enjoyment. Um, 
comes across that it takes me 30, 40 minutes to get to work on the Metro in the morning. I just knocked out seven chapters. Probably do seven more on my way home. Needless to say, it's ratchet to the highest levels. Can't wait for the book club now. Yep. Yeah, and for those of you, you still got time to get the book. People are knocking, you know, this this out in record time. It's a little over 100 pages. And if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can actually rent the book for free. If not, you can get it digital for 99 cents. I don't think it's any hard copies to this one, guys. So we, we're we looking forward to doing a review with uh, Nick Jew and Leonard Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about these podcast emails. Like I said, no voicemails this week. Okay, are the phone lines open? Yeah, sure. Okay, phone lines are open, guys. 704-557-0186. So if people want to call, they can call. Mm-hmm. New tippy category, Jamel writes in, uh, most predictive guests. I've been re-listening to Dem Thrones. I basically rewatched Game of Thrones, and then when I got to season three, I interweaved Dem Thrones after every episode. By the way, I'm open to hints on how to find Dem Thrones in all the archived episodes. Um, well, we have a feed, um, the RSS feed, um, mm-hmm. and we also have a segment on the site dedicated to the Dem Thrones episodes, but it's for premium people. Uh, I even bought uh, DemThrones.com, I believe, D-E-M Thrones dot com and it directs you to our site uh to the uh actual dim thrones episodes Woo-hoo. yo you're on with the black owl tips how can i help you hey what's up guys and shay hey, what's going on Who, who's this this is shay oh hey shay sorry about that my bad uh shay oh, what's okay. up nothing i know you guys are being all super deep but i didn't call to talk about any of that shit okay <laughs> So I just wanted to first of all say, like, I kind of feel like I shy away from feedback from the show because I'm scared of Rod. You're scared of me? to? <laughs> yes. Why? Well, what is the feedback? First of all, is it like, y'all suck? I mean, I can understand being scared of that. No, I mean, like, just to generally talk about things. I, I don't know. You're just, you're terrifying and I'm irrational about these things. So, yeah. <laughs> I am terrifying. That is uh, new for me. Um, <laughs> He's not y'all. I promise. He's not at all. Yeah. I, uh, are, you, I, well, are you sure about that? I'm sure, Shay. You, you don't need to be scared of me at all. Uh, I've you never... know what I think it is? I think that it's because I'm so, like, I'm like the anti-TGWT. Like, I'm so for all the things that this show is against. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, I don't need Rod to call me out on these things. Like, I don't like to be blasted on social media. I don't be that in my life. <laughs> so what kind of what kind of things are you against that we're for? No, I'm for that you're against. So um, things like I like cats. I really do. Okay. I enjoy a <laughs> cute little kitten. Um, I'm for all weapons if they're used safely and securely. I, I don't. I mean, I don't want a sword or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I do have several guns registered in my name, and well, I'm, I'm not, all I'm, for that. I think I, for the record, for one, one uh, Amber P, friend of the show, we all know I adore her. She owns a cat. <laughs> she, yes, she, the, the Jayla's Reed's cat knocked her yeah, camera over Jayla one time owns while a cat. we was live on the air. All I'm saying, and I think anyone who owns cats will agree with me, is that they're huge assholes and they don't really need humans. They. They do what they want to do. And scratch you up. Yeah. I'm I'm personally, I'm not secure enough to own an animal that doesn't need me. I need an animal that's 100% dependent upon me. 
Now the second, they really don't need you either. That is, that's very true. I'm not denying that, but that's so good and that's so cute. I like all animals except for non-domestic, domesticated birds. I can't terrify the birds. Oh, oh right. I don't do birds yeah. either, girl. I, I got attacked by one, so we on the same page. And then the second thing, <laughs> for the record, I'm not against swords being owned. Period. I am for <laughs> sword responsibility. Really? Because we don't have like an NSA, like a, a, well, we have an NSA, but like, you know, there's a National Rifle Association. There's no National Sword Association. There's right. no, there's no laws, you know, to really regulate mm. those things. You know, you can just go buy a sword. You don't need a license. Nope. You don't need training. Nope. Like these are the things I feel like I have a reasonable stance on this. And it's not just anyone with a sword is, is, is crazy. It's just because we don't have any, proof that you have training i won't go in your house if you own a sword because that that makes me crazy now oh i see i see well it doesn't matter because you know i'm just getting it all out um go okay. ahead what else i have horrible taste in, actually i have no taste in movies at all okay. like i just watch it 90 percent of the movies i see i'm just like oh it's okay it's okay. fine well, I think the last, and then when I like a movie, it's always a really horrible movie like mm. i think growing up my favorite movie was like romeo must die I like love that movie. I know half the movie. Oh, I, know, I, I like that. That's uh, Jet Li and Aaliyah and uh, DMX, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Horrible movie. I really mm-hmm. like it. I own it on DVD. I like and a lot of bad movies. Like, I know all the work. You know it's who was good? Movie. You know who was good in that? Anthony Anderson. Yes. Underrated yes. performance. Underrated performance. And that was chubby. That was chubby Anthony Anderson, too. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, the last, the last good movie that I saw that I really, really loved, and this was recently, was Divergent. I really like that movie. Okay, I haven't seen I haven't that seen one. That so one I, I don't feel like we're loggerheads here. I don't even know why. You, this, I, I hope this call is making you feel more comfortable because I don't have yeah, any problems. Yeah, I problem. have to get it out. It's like this week in podcast session. Okay. Know, <laughs> let it all out. No problem. Um, what else? Oh, I had a wedding. I feel like the whole black podcasting community is against that whole wedding thing. So that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do no, think weddings are a sham. I mean, I don't think there's any way <laughs> around it. But if you know my stance, my stance is I don't care what you think about weddings. If your woman wants one, you got to have one. Right. The end of discussion. Like, right. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm not even against. See, I, I'm reasonable, man. I'm reasonable with this stuff. Oh, it's, okay. You know, if your okay, woman. You know, I just, we had, I'm glad we yeah. had a talk because it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah. All the common know. sense and talking in the world is cool <laughs> in theory. I've talked to women. I, like, I will tell you this on an individual level, most women are against weddings, except theirs. Right. I was, I was, and that's very true. I was totally not having one until I was having one. Exactly. Isn't and, that crazy? And you know what? If you really love that woman enough to put that ring on her finger and spend the rest of your life, you don't want to live with the resentment of talking her out of her day. So you better <laughs> go have a wedding. wedding. Yeah, you got to have a wedding, dog. The crazy part is I don't think it was like he wanted the wedding more than me. You know mm-hmm. what it was? I was going to go on vacation and then my mom got, got so ill and then we couldn't travel. And I was like, well, let's just have a wedding. And it was a win discussion and it was like a snowball effect. So you guys did the right thing. I told people all the time, don't, don't feel like you need to do it because it was great and all, but... Yeah. Well, I got, anyway, I got, I got lucky, um, because Karen really did mean it. You know what I mean? So I got, I got okay. lucky. It's yeah. not, it wasn't some skill. Yes. It was. Some women said, but they really yeah. don't mean it. And then Complete they hold luck. that grudge against him forever for not 
having a day yeah, and right. then you know 15 years later they was like well let's renew our vows and have the wedding that you never gave me 15 years ago right very lucky very <laughs> a very right. i have a very practical woman that i'm married to that didn't they had a bug but yeah, you know I, i'm not gonna lie i listen to half of these podcasters and they're like i hate weddings and i don't want one and i'm like i don't believe you because i know that you're dating a girl and until she says no wedding I don't believe it. It will be a wedding. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't even care what your stance is. It's all theory until you do it. Right. And and I, and I think for me, uh, because the way I look at the money that I invest in a wedding for an event that people are going to talk shit about me regardless, I can go get me a new car. That's true. It brings up crazy things in your life. But you right. know what? Yeah, she looks all right. Karen is great. I'm not scared of her at all. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, but she I'm going to let you guys get back to your, your Mike Brown talk. I've tapped out social media and everything because I'm just, I'm so done with it. I hear you, Shay. I mean, it is depressing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that wants a break. And I hope our show provides somewhat of a break for a lot too. of people. Even with us discussing for it, sure. I try to mix oh. in some other stuff. And, and also, Shay, I want to tell you, thank you for calling in and talking to Roger because I guarantee you, you're not the only one that feels this way. You're just the only one that was bold enough to call into the show. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. Oh, you know what did it is when he talked about Jackie Dance. I was about to write a very strongly worded email, and I was like, no, because Rob will talk bad about me. But I really do love Jack Dance, and I feel like they just know not what they do. They just want to make these love songs, right? You like, know what? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong. With Jagged Edge making his music, but I'm no. gonna get my laugh on. Yes. Cause, I mean, if we, even if you like Jagged Edge, you mm-hmm. have to acknowledge the humor in Let's oh Get God, Married. Oh my God, the video was horrible. It yeah. was awful. Right. Yes. And Let's, and let's Get Married is one of the funniest song oh. ballads of all time. Just, Terrible. I've never seen anything like, there's no way I could propose to a woman with that. Right. Without her giving you the side eye. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, there was no, there was no Jake at my wedding. Right. As much as I love them. Might as well. <laughs> we might as well do it. What? Man, get your wigs back. All right. We're like, who else is it then? Well, I'm going to let you guys go. Guess what I'm about to do? What? What's up? Go get some sushi. Oh, snap. <laughs> well, I'm envious of you. I won't be able to get sushi today because I'm going to do a fancy football draft, but. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll enjoy all of the sushi rolls for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Send us a picture right. on Twitter. You guys. you guys have a good day. <laughs> all right. Bye, Peace. Shay. Bye. All right. See, that was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Guys, I told y'all he's not bad. A lot of people are just afraid of you for no apparent reason sometimes. Well, I was just like hung up like, God, I hate her. I know. Right. That never happened. Hey, you're on with the blackout tips. Hey, Rodney, Karen. It's Leslie Mack. How you guys doing today? What good, up, Leslie? sweetie. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, I actually just had two quick things to say. One was I just wanted to say thank you so much for, I know I tweeted you guys this, but I just wanted to have it on the airwaves as well, uh, for just having a place to have some sense of normalcy in the in the face of all this chaos and, and um, troubling situation in Ferguson. Just I know for me and for Drew, um, you know, as we our official stance as the official interracial couple of the Black Eyed Tips, um, we really just really appreciated having time to laugh for a few minutes a couple times a week and it it really just meant the world to us this week because it's been tough and I know a lot of us are feeling in our feelings and it's difficult. So I just want to say thank you for for providing that to us all. Uh, um, no so no thank problem. You thank you, we sweetie. we definitely wouldn't um 
I would not want to do the show if it was just a whole bunch of serious shit. So, oh no, you know, we definitely gonna always try to find a way to have some fun because uh, it's too much serious stuff out there as is. So much serious stuff. Okay, actually, I got something hot freaking. So my second non-serious thing is that, you know, I'm usually pretty hard on Justin, just like generally speaking, you know, as as you know. Yeah. Uh, But I have to say, uh, one is that that country grammar episode. uh, I think listened to it like three times, just that portion of the show. (laughs) So far, I'm sure I'll listen to it again today because I just cry every time (laughs) I listen to it, and just it was just pure. comedic commentary gold just just ridiculous and he was fabulous and i just wanted to give him a little shout out also i started listening to baldy sports and like is it his does he just always give bad advice when people yeah, call yeah, in yeah, okay i just yeah. want to make sure mm-hmm. that's the goal right i love that that's yeah the best yeah thing we ever. used to have um a couple things what uh a long time ago we used to do a thing where people would uh i would go find advice columns on purpose when justin was here and then we would give the opposite of the advice you should do. Um, and it was always terrible. And then the other thing is, uh, when we did, um, house husbands, um, I, sometimes we would do the same thing, like go find relationship advice columns and then we'll just say the stupidest, most backward shit you could possibly say. Like it's, it's funny because Justin's such a polarizing person for a lot of people, but, I wouldn't hang out with somebody that really was acting like right. that. And so, so. And so it's funny when, <laughs> when it's funny when people like hear him for the first time or they're not familiar with him and they'll be like, Rod, why do you hang out with such an asshole? What is wrong with Justin? But he's I don't like, like him. It's a it's some meta shit because he's trolling me during the show. Right. Which <laughs> I don't know that other people recognize him. No, not. And don't. I, and even if they do, it's still probably annoying. But he's like he'll do shit like cut me off while I'm talking mm-hmm. or bring up some asinine point that <laughs> is completely ridiculous <laughs> compared to what we're talking about that I know he doesn't even believe. Right. But is yeah, so yeah, Justin can be a troll and um I find it hilarious, but at the same time annoying when it's happening. So I don't even know how the audience takes it. Some people get it. Some people just walk away like, fuck Justin. Yeah, but right. I'm glad it, you enjoyed him during that show. Right. A lot of people be like, fuck but Justin. It's funny. When he does it to you, Rod, I don't mind. But when he does it to Karen, like, I don't know why, but I just can't <laughs> be like, why is he doing that to Karen? Because, especially because there'll be a little while where Karen's like actually trying to have a conversation with him. And then right. he's like, keep going and it's like come on right, right. And, and then Rod has to let me know that hey hey i'm like oh because sometimes i don't always catch it so i'm kind of slow to the party mm-hmm. then at the while i'm like you're not making any sense hold up wait a yeah. minute well because we do balls deep every week i pretty much pick up when justin's trolling immediately <laughs> sometimes justin's being serious and i just think he's trolling and I still dismiss him. So, like, <laughs> half, half of Balls Deep is I give my opinion and Justin says something crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, anyway. So, in the next article. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I've just, that's a new phrase now in my life. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to follow Justin's advice now. When I want to do the work thing, <laughs> I like to say that out loud. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to go with Justin's opinion on this. He's going to get you killed. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's worth it, though, because, like, every 10th horrible thing that he says is something that I'm like in a way that's brilliant it's, it, it doesn't happen all the time but it's like every once in a while I'm like damn you know I never thought of it that way and now I gotta say Justin that's horrible advice but 
uh i thought it was wrong but when i think about it now it's kind of right uh it doesn't happen often Mm-mm. but when it does it is really good yes it is that's true so anyways i guess the last thing i wanted to talk about was i don't know i don't know if you guys have talked about it already but just in reference to ferguson is this silence from the black celebrity sports mm. um community generally speaking on the subject i've been trying to kind of think of like what to call this thing um and I came up with this phrase, the blackium, because it's <laughs> like this complete Aww. void of anything of substance coming at us from them. You know, they're out there ready to show vodka and parties and uh, workshops and TV shows and all these other things. It's like, okay. And I'm not saying I expect celebrities to be spokespeople for anybody, but I do think it's just interesting to me that the silence has been just across the board. When I see Bill Cosby, who has no problem going on television talking about black boys need to pull their pants up and fathers need to be home and all of this kind of stuff, whenever he feels like it, yeah, he's on Jimmy Fallon and is talking about sex as a 70-year-old. No -hmm. mention of anything else going on in the world. So I just what are your thoughts on that and kind of like, I don't know. I, I'm not surprised because it's something we've seen over and over again. But I do think just the prolonged um, engagement in Ferguson with no response from anybody really is kind of crazy to me. That Oprah sent Yama to have a TV show on tonight to get some ratings on her show and still has said nothing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nuts to me at this point. So anyways, I'll just say that. No, I, uh, I, I think, first of all, I love that black human thing that that maybe make that the title of the show or something that's that's brilliant um but yeah i think um with a lot of celebrity stuff um i don't expect much out of celebrities i think Mm -hmm. we i think we worship them Mm -hmm. in a way that is just very unhealthy um a lot of times when we talk about it on the show um I think sometimes it sounds like I'm sympathetic to celebrities, but it's not that. I just don't expect anything from them because I don't expect much from regular people in real life. Right. That being said, um, I I think the people who actually step forward and say stuff like J. Cole showing up, Kiki Palmer for, you know, even with her saying that dumb shit on Twitter, taking her ass out there, it matters. Um Don Lemon being on the ground. I don't like Don Lemon in general, but th- it matters. I didn't take my ass out there. Um, Talil Kweli going out there matters. Um, Nelly Jesse Williams. I know he was on TV too. Mm-hmm. Nelly and his nonsensical ass <laughs> speech. He went, he went his ass out there. Like, so there's something to be said to like, I like the idea that when people do stuff, they should kind of be praised or whatever uh, because it's genuine and they're not doing it just for PR and shit. I think when we kind of force celebrities to have a stance, we get what Nelly did a lot of times where mm-hmm. what, like I don't really want to force LeBron James to speak about this. I would like for LeBron James to want to speak about it. And I right. think, I guess that's my, that's exactly, that's, that's a good point. Mom. Yeah. And I think because he hasn't chosen to speak about it, we all get to kind of judge him on this of like, okay, you know, LeBron's not really interested in this situation or maybe he can't see how to help or whatever. But, um, 
yeah so that would be my thing but but in general i just um I haven't been looking to celebrities me, to solve it because I don't either. think they can. Right. And and I think this is just my perspective on it. We put expectations on celebrities that we would not put on ourselves and that we would not put on our own family members. And I think it's unfair to uh, demand uh, celebrities speak on situations when they are not the ones with the power to make the changes that need to be done. You know, People demand that these celebrities speak, but you see people, but most people are not demanding that the councilmen, the governor, the mayor, like these local officials that can make direct changes in these areas that can change the situation. And also when people have a tendency to go where they're not speaking, a lot of times people assume that they're doing nothing. We don't know. We don't know <laughs> what kind of money these celebrities are sending. We don't know what kind of foundations they may have ha- may have that we have no idea what they're doing. People just assume because they're not beating their chest and blowing their horns that they're not doing a goddamn thing and it's a win it's it's like a win lose situation for a lot of these celebrities if you do anything and say you're doing anything a lot of times people gonna come out well you did it just for grandstand when they might have been doing it out of the kindness of their hearts then when you don't say you're anything and you're doing something people assume that you're not doing anything i do not look to celebrities to make changes in our policies and procedures in our country and at the end of the day they're people some of them honestly might not give a shit just like individual people we talk to don't give a shit some celebrities don't well you know what's funny to me is um i don't want necessarily these guys speaking if they don't know if they're not genuinely interested or whatever right um the ones who are genuinely interested though um they're even if they do speak i think we have a privileged kind of it's gonna sound weird because most people think celebrity is like a gift or something positive i don't think it necessarily is me either i don't think being famous is even a positive thing but me either um i think it's funny because what a lot of people don't understand is that these topics are so polarizing they're gonna actually get both sides mm-hmm. like i if shit me talking about ferguson i've gotten people trolling me people in my mentions that disagree with me people that you know come in just to call me a, a name or something and i i end up blocking them immediately but you know it was up in the you know dozens just last week and i don't even think i talked about ferguson that much um but yeah like i ended up doing that i can't imagine what it would be like if you know you're and, kobe bryant lebron james and the news uh, cycle you'll be the top goddamn story yeah i can't even imagine what it's like if you're actually famous because these things are becoming so polarizing that people think there's two sides mm-hmm. so you can't even like i remember when the heat did the trayvon martin hoodie thing it wasn't just a whole lot of support mm-hmm. that they Some got it was mad. a whole lot of motherfuckers like I don't want my athletes talking about race. Uh, you know, this is the problem with the heat and, you know, Javon Martin was nothing but a thug and you guys supporting it. So like, I can understand those celebrities and, you know, being black people. And some people don't want to fuck even, with their money. Huh? Some I'm not even talking about money. I can understand them just being like, I don't want to deal with the backlash. True. You know, like I'm a black person and mentally I don't want to deal with being called all these names. I don't want to deal with, 
the negativity that goes with this. I don't want to deal with my sponsors calling me. I don't want to deal with interviews about this. Mm -hmm. I just want to live my existence mentally healthy. Um, And some of these dudes just ain't built for that fight. Now, that being said, that's why I appreciate everybody that took their ass down there. Everybody that did have a stance. I appreciate the hell out of those people because it, you know, it's, Definitely. it matters. You know what I mean? So and it yeah. does matter. I yeah. mean, I agree with you guys about, you know, I definitely agree that celebrities are not the way to get any change done just because that's not what they're here to do. They're for entertainment and whatever fashion that they're interacting with us. But two things that I always feel is that one is that, you know, yes, that's true. However, they do rely on our community to make their money and to support them in their endeavors. So Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a little bit of responsibility in terms of supporting us as well. And I'm not saying it has to be public or, or anything like that. I just think that this situation has gotten to a tipping point Mm -hmm. in this country right now. It feels like that to me. And, um, like I said, just the, the, size of the silence is is sort of deafening to well, me. Well, let me ask you something, though. so let, big. Leslie, but let me put it this way. <clears throat> With celebrities, we don't actually support them. Mm-mm. We expect something. So, I like, I don't buy LeBron James shoes if the nigga's averaging three points. I don't want him on my TV if he can't dunk anymore. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really yeah. care about him as a person. I, I don't go see a movie. I feel like we are expected to support. And actually, I think I had this conversation with you. I don't know what you call it, but this thing where I feel guilty when I don't like something that a black person puts out. Like, I have this guilt. Like, I'm like, damn, I really... Yeah, I, I said I called it red-tailing because I felt like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I just... Why do I, I feel like I need to like it because I want to support them. Mm-hmm. And maybe everybody doesn't feel that way, but that is how I feel. Like I do, like I want to support black podcasters. I want to support uh, black content. And I want, like I, I have that feeling in me. And I feel like a lot of black people feel that way, that we do want to support people that are doing things and, and in some way, at least in the public eye, representing us, whether we like that or not. And I do also think that you can not look to the nuts so distant, but certainly some somewhat distant past at people like Harry Belafonte and Ruby Dee and Ossie Davis, who they were celebrities. People expected stuff from them back and forth between people that were buying their content. However, they felt strong enough to also have another side to them. And where, who are our, where's our Harry Belafonte and our well, Ruby we Dee agree. and our Ossie Davis? We know? agree on, I guess that, we, hold on, we agree on the fact that, um, some people feel an attachment uh, to supporting things that look like them. Right. But I'm saying I'm under no illusion, even as a podcast that is sponsored by a lot of people who want to see a black person successful. If this podcast starts sucking, nobody going to give a fuck about that. It's about product. Of course. So, so like, like I think the big illusion with celebrity and with fame and all this shit is that there's somehow us supporting this person as a person. We don't really support them as a person. And even and like on a bigger level, one of the reasons they don't take a lot of stances is because they recognize it and they know that there's a ton of fucking other people that if they do see LeBron James talk about Ferguson, they go, oh, well, now I'm not getting these shoes. And right. now, you know, now I don't want to get this jersey and now I don't want to see now I don't like this dude. Um, and I'm just saying LeBron arbitrarily, but, but just, you know, just, just, just whoever, anybody. there is like a, there is a certain understanding that 
uh it's as long as you are doing something that i am entertained by so when someone like buys an album they're they're buying it because they're entertained by that music not because they care about you know yeah if that was the case shit jagged edge would still be platinum we don't care about jagged edge their music is white (laughs) now so 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 i but but that being said i still think the reason we hold harry belafonte in such high esteem is because he takes the extra mile and i think if we raise the bar to where we expect it from everyone then it kind of says like well everybody ain't everybody Fonte's not really doing anything special that's what we expect and now and for me personally i don't want to draw that line i would much rather be like no i'm impressed by harry belafonte because he goes the extra mile and does shit that he don't have to do as opposed to um i don't know say kobe bryant who might not want to take a stance on certain issues um i'm more impressed by harry belafonte and i think we will and we do have certain people that um have used their platform to raise awareness um mm-hmm. uh you know like i said killer mike um it's funny his name is killer mike but you know that dude is somebody that speaks out chuck uh chuck d, d. speaks out um and i think um we also need to groom and reward some of these people that do take stances like when a LeBron James talks about the hoodie thing, we need to make sure that the impact of that is felt so that he goes, Oh, Oh, I like this feeling. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's a, uh, even when we, when people admonish Kobe Bryant for what he said about Trayvon Martin, next thing you know, he's speaking uh, in front of his parents and supporting the charity to like, uh, you know, get kids to go to college and things of that. Nature. Like, I like that. You know what I mean? Right. And I hope it continues to work. Social media has really given us a huge, like, influence into these people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I really do hope that, you know, people that want to see people do this work, I hope enough people tweeted at J. Cole to outweigh the people like Karen who hate his music. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I hope I, he... I, I don't tweet at him, but yeah. I, I, I But you know what I mean? I just yeah. hope that the next time something happens, he, he's like... Yeah, I want to go be involved in that too because I hope it, he does. It should be that way right. um for for people when they do something above and beyond. True. And I hope that that's the response that they're getting. I don't know what they're getting honestly cuz I don't Look, they might be getting a whole lot of like you're a nigger and I hate you. I don't know what they're getting. Right. But I hope that it's more positive than negative and um you know, and maybe that'll shut the black hume up because uh Kiki Palmer went out there and she got so much shade. Because of what she said on Twitter. It was like people wasn't ready to forgive her and let it go. Mm-mm. Nobody was willing to be like, hey, at least you went out there. I'm done with it. Right. And, and you know? that's true. I also think that she got she got caught up in that Stacey Dash uh, cycle, too. It was oh, so yeah. close to that that it was like, uh, it was bad. Bad time. For sure. For sure. That money, that money talks. Anytime white people telling you you're beautiful, it's like, I don't know what's wrong with the rest of these Negroes. Like, oh, right. God. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, well, I'm sure other people are trying to call, but thank you for uh, again for for the show. And oh, and that jagged edge. I think I've watched that seven times this week. So <laughs> that, that also is. I mean, literally. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Shay somewhere. Shay somewhere. Listen to us talk about we mean now, but yeah. come on, man. That video is hilarious. <laughs> Making her turn over her sushi rolls. Got into a fight in the club to start the love song. <laughs> I don't. Come on now. And you said that the helicopter that the guy came in and was just talking to the security guard how did, how did all these people get up here yeah what are these negroes doing there. on the roof we got uh 1045 <laughs> negroes on the roof <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you, sweetie. Bye bye, sweetie. Um, that was cool. Let's see. Uh, emails, emails. I think that's what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jamel says, uh, uh, oh, she says, by the way, I'm open to hints on how to find them thrones in all the archive episodes. Well, I've already taken them out. I've actually like, I've edited just to the dim thrones part of the episode. Right. You go to dimthrones.com. It'll take you to just those episodes. Um, I think we've only done two seasons of these. Two, three seasons. So, you know, there's only going to be like 20 episodes because we didn't do the first two seasons oh, of we sure Game Thrones. Yeah. Uh, I, we've had talks about going back. I don't think it would be as diff, like it would be different, but we may go back and do it one day. I don't know. But if you want to get all those episodes, you still have to be premium in order to hear them though because mm-hmm. they're archived and they're old. Um, so she says, okay, Dumb Thrones season four, episode two, uh, at the 22242 mark, you stuck your foot in your mouth. You were berating Justin for saying that Tywin Lannister was shaming Tyrion for saying, like father, like son, but Tyrion really was trying to sleep with Shay. Last episode proved Justin to be 100% correct. I know. I actually told him that on the last episode of Dumb Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing. Much of Justin is, always saying some crazy shit sometimes he'd be right he's right sometimes he was right about um what you would call the it? rape right yes i could not have seen the jamie lannister rape coming to save my life nope just like he looked rapey now now if i wanted to be an asshole i could say she didn't get raped because the producers and the writers said that wasn't a rape scene but the way i saw it, it looked like a rape and on twitter right. on twitter i immediately typed at rhyme over reason Looks like you called it. I'll be apologizing on Tuesday. I'm not above apologizing. I'm not above being wrong. I'm guessing like y'all, and it's why. Matter of fact, me being wrong is why I don't want the spoilers. Right. Justin did again in season four, episode one, when he said Jamie Lester would rape Cersei. Sure enough, that's what happened. And you argued Justin down. I sure did. Yep, because I didn't believe him. Hashtag love them thrones forever. Thanks, Jamel. Uh, see, thanks, Jamel. Thank you. And sweetie. you're absolutely right, man. Justin called it. You know, uh, hit him up on, at Rhyme Over Reason. At Rhyme Over Reason on Twitter. Ebony Tower. This is by Lisa. She says, um, Hey, Rod and Karen, I'm a new subscriber to your empire, so forgive this long ass email and grammatical errors in advance. I found you guys two weeks ago and almost walked into a wall hearing you talk about Jagged Edge and then l- lament about settling down once the young honeys didn't want them anymore. Karen LOL. And of course, your awesome critique over domestic violence and ignorant black men who talk too much. We should have included Tyrese in this group too, actually. Can you please do an entire etica- uh, episode dedicated to his Twitter advice? I think we talked about that one Grab time. my attention. We, I'm sure we've talked about Tyrese in the past. Right. We have played clips Jesus and everything. Christ. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I do remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew the, the number. number. Me either. Off the top of my head. But we had an episode. Is archived now, but we talked, we played a clip of him giving some fucking advice. Oh my God. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um, yeah. Um, maybe it was episode 201, Pussy Falling from the Sky. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we definitely talked about Tyrese. Uh, you know, maybe it was girl talk, but we talked about him and we played a clip. Of him talking to this woman where he, oh, he was so bad. He's, oh, he's such a terrible person. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, but I'm writing about Ferguson. 
I'm pissed as most are. I can't take my eyes away from the screen or stay off Twitter. It touches me even deeper since I teach college students who frequently tell me through research papers, silence, or projects that racism does not, racism does not exist. To add ice into the cake, I provided them with specific zoning and urban police, urban policies that explain in detail how the government has purposely isolated black communities in pockets of poverty. They don't want to hear that. I'm a, I'm a geographer, nerd out. This isn't uh, I mean, this hasn't been going, I mean, this has been going on, uh, since 1911, but many of my students are like, we have a black president. We have Beyonce. It's okay. Meanwhile, black faces have been policed since the end of the civil war right. and black males have been in prison, lynched and beaten for decades. Mm-hmm. Then there are the celebrities who by the grace of God could have been one of these black boys or who are fathers of black boys, yet they remain silent and impartial or promote their lame ass musical projects. Nah, I don't expect 2014 we all in the same gang remix, but dude, can you at least recognize that your fate is linked to the numerous amount of black men who are murdered? Does your agent have you that shook? Ice Cube said they'll find a new nigga next year. Correct. You know what's funny, man, is um same thing I think about politicians. Surprise, no celebrities really took it as a, even cynically, okay, keep in mind I'm saying this cynically, it's just an opportunity to like make some record sales. Oh, yeah, a lot of people could have. Surprised that people weren't just like, I'm going to make the anthem for fucking Ferguson just right. so uh, uh, my shit will get played on the news. My shit will right. get the most spins on black radio. It would have been and, a perfect timing. You know, hey, if Soldier Boy would have made the Ferguson anthem. And we'd have been talking about his yeah. ass again. Like, how whack, if you think about it, how whack is Jeezy's My President is Black? It's ignorant as fuck. It has nothing to do with the president. Mm-mm. It's just the chorus of My President is Black, and people would fucking plan it because obama got elected right surprise nobody took it maybe because it's such a tragic incident but yeah, yeah. We, we get that little <clears throat> b remix soon yeah but uh you know also i think a lot of these niggas don't want to be informed true you know? that's true too and, and like, by the way i'm not saying this so people can reserve judgment on them mm-hmm. i mean judge away you, you know they don't care right you know what i mean and 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 just like individuals in your own community sometimes people can get wrapped up in their own personal individual lives they could give a damn about anything that does not direct their family and because a lot of black people look at black people as a whole community some people and some black people don't look at black people as a community they Mm -hmm. look like this shit don't affect me we're not getting gassed we're not getting beat nobody's protesting here so i don't give a fuck yep not to mention uh like i said um because we're not it's got to be two sides mm-hmm. uh era uh there will be book backlash for them coming out in support of the black community and with you, this shit like if will smith came out and like if will smith flew down to ferguson there would be people like fuck will smith now mm-hmm. that's sad but that's where we're at right now and uh yeah. you know i and and because it's so much easier to be negative um it makes me wonder like what is it really rewarding to be j cole like is it still a bunch of people going nigga you went down there for because your whack ass album wasn't selling or something you know like when people are accusing elon of going like lying and making shit up you just have to sit back and be like i don't what is this world right why would why like sometimes in my most cynical moments i'm like why does anybody do anything Nobody appreciates it, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people always got some excuse for why your shit don't count. Right, right, when they're not doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, 
people put standards on celebrities that I don't put. I don't, I don't, I never demanded celebrities speak about this. I never, I don't put, um, expectations on celebrities. If you talk about it, okay, cool. If you don't, okay, cool. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to say you're not black. I'm not going to automatically assume you don't care just because I don't see what you're doing. But we live in a society where if you speak about it, you're going to have to deal with backlash. If you don't speak about it, you're going to have to deal with backlash. Yeah. It would be awesome, though, if, like, some of these rappers came together and did well in the same gang or something. That would be dope. That would be wonderful. But, uh, you know, even even with that, man, I, that doesn't apply to this situation. No. We're all in the same gang and stop the violence is about black-on-black crime. Yes, it we is. We don't have no white-on... No cop on black crime anthems that, that they could play on the radio. <laughs> could go play that old iced tea. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we, uh. Yeah, mess around and get a fuck the police song. Yep. Anyway, my semester starts in a week. Whoop, whoop for educators. I can't wait. I plan to hit them with Fruitvale Station, 12 Years a Slave, and Ferguson all in the first two weeks. Oh. I may call you busy for a live update as some students might throw tear gas at me. <laughs> <laughs> I will point them towards your podcast episode. Uh, 760 and 761 is a supplement to our convos. Hopefully, they will step outside of their heads. If that doesn't work, I will employ a club fight, fight song in the class as I show them images of protesters. Is that too much? Uh, <laughs> as Karen, the relevant, the, as Karen said, the revolution will be televised online. Yes, it will. P.S. I used to live in Fed now too, still to hold on, still hold it under my license, LOL, Tina, uh, Twitter, uh, Black Scandalcast. So, um, yeah, man. Look, I will tell you this too. Um, uh, we talked about this when we talked about the kids from how, how Harvard or yeah, Howard. the black kids that were like, yeah, I'm Howard, the such and such Howard. percent. And I was like, you know, part of me, I understand and I empathize because a lot of people don't want their kids to deal with like the drama and trauma of racial issues in America. But part of me always wonders if we're doing a lot of damage to kids by being like, you're going to opt out of racism. Like you're going to not even discuss it or think about it. And I just want you to live a life where you don't even think it exists. And then they get hit with that wake up call later on in life. And it's like, yeah, it it does. Your parents can't protect you your whole life. And you know what? I think it's two sides. I think it's beautiful for parents to have this false idea of trying to raise a biracial or a black child uh, or mixed child in a world where they don't look at race. I I give them kudos for attempting to do that, but the reality is it's not reality. And then you have a child, 21, 22, 23 years old, dealing with racism for the first time and not knowing how to handle it. And and that's I feel like that's a disservice to that child, uh, to me personally. And I don't know. I just get to the point where nobody talked to you. Nobody, like nobody, nobody had a conversation. Nobody, nobody told you that this shit mattered. Yeah. But I think that's what you get. A lot of these kids have been raised to like, think it's not an issue. Uh, Terry Rice said, country grammar. Hey, Ron and Karen, just a quick email before I get ready to go to work. I'm listening to Tuesday's podcast. I had to pause it. Hearing Don Lemon being harassed by police officers is pretty good. Oh, so you can still be harassed by police if you have freshly pressed dress clothes on? Who knew? He probably had an oh shit moment while that was happening. Of course, I still won't, it still won't stop him from telling us again why we ain't shit. Right. I love it when y'all talk about these type of social issues. Unfortunately, these things happen way too often to us, but you knock it out of the park every time. Keep doing what you do, Terry in Florida. 
Um, Thank you, sweetie. Anthony writes in, hey, Rod and Karen. First off, great work as always. Rod, I hope you're getting back to 100%. I'm working on it. Secondly, uh, I'd like to let you know that I did go and buy a T-shirt from the TBGWT from Cash uh, Cafe Press. Woo-hoo! I thought it would be a good way to donate to the show and throw y'all some free advertising. Well, thank you, Anthony. I hope you enjoy your shirt. There was an issue with me moving and the shirt getting re- lost slash returned. And I reached out to Cafe Press and they promptly got back with me and sent me a shirt and told me if I ended up with two shirts, don't even worry about it. So I'm oh. happy to report great customer service from Cafe Press. And I will be the black guy in the black guy who tips T-shirt. Anthony, uh, thank you very much, man. Thank you, sweetie. And I'm glad that, you know, we like to work with reputable people. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that uh, they handled your customer service, man. Me too. Sometimes people are like, you should go to this other site. You can get more money and the shirts are cheap. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but like, you but know, I need that official customer service, service for my peoples, man. Right. When she get fucked up and don't go right. Mm-hmm. Ferguson, this is from my man Alfion. He says, so the lights and water in my house uh, were turned off. Luckily, my children's mother stepped in to keep the kids while I found a job. So that very, so that very same when I let my friends stay with me with her and we go for a walk. I guess very same night. Mm -hmm. While we were out walking, we see the police rushing into the neighborhood. I walk her home, turn on the TV and realize they shot Michael Brown less than a mile from where we were. It's been a mess over here since. Most of the people here are cool. The protesters are really nice, but the violence guy has shut down the school district for a while, for a whole week. Yeah, them kids ain't been going to school. Which is a big issue. Keep up the good. Yeah, some of those kids get meals at school. Right, that's right. And a lot of people have stepped up to provide money for the, like, that's one of the things. Meals for the children. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that gets on celebrities or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that is one of the things that kills me about this. It wouldn't, like, no one would judge, not no one. I don't think a lot of people that matter would judge a a black celebrity for being like, I just want to donate to the food for these kids so they can, like, eat Eat. if there's no school. Like, something like that is safe enough without you actually taking a stance on Michael Brown or what happened. Because I know a lot of why people aren't taking stances on this. They still don't know what happened. Right. And it's complex and it's not easy to explain when you just like a lot of these celebrities don't want to be explaining why they're protesting and up in arms because a lot of people are don't understand it. But everyone understands kids getting to eat. Like you could at least do that. You know, if that's a thing. Yeah. But even with that, you have some people that would come and say some shit because you got to be two sides. I know. It's just, I get it, man. I get, I do get it, man. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people just don't want to deal with it. Right. Period. They don't, they don't want to be a social or if they're doing this, they're doing it underneath an organization or they're, yeah, they're doing it without their name attached to it. Like I think a lot of celebrities probably do a shit without their names attached to it just because it's like, I don't want to be in the argument. I just want to help. Right. You know, for all we know, these niggas could be like sending money and shit. And they're just like, I don't want to be. I really think a lot of them are. On the ground because I don't want to fucking deal with it. Like, I remember we didn't even know about Jay-Z's charitable contributions until the Barney shit came up. Nope. And this is and shit he's been doing for a while. He would have never said. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we find out because it was like, oh, uh, well, Jay-Z, you ain't. You you dealing with Barney. He's like, look, all this money's actually going to help kids get food and go to school. Right. Oh. 
well fuck you still but i mean was, you know people still was like fuck him you're right karen you're right, right. right. it does always got to be two sides to uh, everything for the fact that you do anything so i guarantee you that a lot of these people that y'all talking about and protesting and seeing this shit and they going well man i wish y'all knew that i gave a hundred thousand dollars i wish y'all knew yeah. i sent a team of people down there i wish y'all knew i was helping with the voter registration like but you would never know because people feel like if they don't know and they don't see you're not doing shit and my thing is that that's not all always true well we just don't know so i'm just gonna leave it at that i like i like to know when people do so i can give them a pat on the back but we just don't know keep up the good work if you want more from me on having a walk in the marches just to get home or people watching tv just to get tear gas in their living room i got stories stay blessed and get well soon damn well yeah there's a lot of people reporting them stories yeah, bro. be safe sweetie yeah uh off-season reviews is by aj the engineer I just completed listening to the off-season review of Walking Dead Season 4 Part 1, and damn, y'all brought back all the memories from watching the show almost a year ago. Do you think you'll do a review of Part 2 before or as as Season 5 begins? Uh Yes, yeah. and we have talked about it because I didn't... I wasn't sure how to do those, yes. but I found a way, and uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of them soon. We, we sure are. You and Karen are great at remembering the smaller details and bringing them up in a big picture of the entire season. Would you guys consider doing a season review of The Strain or Boardwalk Empire? Last season starts September 7th. I know the shows take a long time, but you guys are good. I hope there are more in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was part of it. I don't want the show to take a long time, um, and then the future reviews might not be as detailed because I want to keep it conversation light, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll try to bring back as a much lot. as we can remember. Right. So, uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of shows I want to do. Yeah. A bunch of shows we get ready to work on. I'm getting ready to contact some people about the food network star and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Eric writes in, uh, changing the subject. Hey, Rod and Karen, the changing the subject podcast was so good. I was beginning to go tired of the Ferguson coverage, but leave it to you and Karen to make it interesting for me again. So the Republicans want to know why we as black people stay mad. I'm going to give you a little bit of my background story to illustrate my point. I live near the AU Center in Atlanta. You've been here before, so you know that this ain't the high rent district. But I do have a decent job and I make all right money. My wife and I decided to sacrifice and send our son to the most expensive private school in the city, $20,000 a year. Woo! Bless Kids you, baby. Kids are expensive! Woo! Yes, they are, baby. I know I'm not buying new cars if I'm spending that kind of dough on school. So one day, I was sitting outside the gym waiting for my son to get done with football practice. I have on my gym clothes because I'm returning from the Y. I'm chilling, listening to my to my iPod. Uh, in my 1996 Toyota Corolla, man, I used to have one of those. You sure did. To, to, I think I, that's the one I, uh, the, the dude totaled, hit me. Yeah. yeah, he totaled your car. When this cracker coach from the, oh, oh, oh Lord. Oh, man. The story just took a turn. <laughs> yeah, did it. Foreshadowing. <laughs> when this cracker coach from the basketball team comes up to my car and asks me what I'm doing now, I get out of my car and re- begin to tell him who I really am. The head football coach comes to me in the middle of my diatribe and calls me by name and starts talking about my boy and the progress he's making on the team. The cracker b-ball coach then starts apologizing and telling me that he was just doing his job trying to protect the kids. Protect them from whom or from what? I was sitting out there just like all the other parents, but I was the only one getting hassled. I'm paying $20,000 a year to get treated like shit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and 20000 If you're paying that much for your baby to go to school... It's nothing but excellence for that child. There's there's no expectations. Mm-mm. Excellence, baby. Yeah, but twenty k and you still 
like pay the same money as everybody else mm-hmm. and you got to go up there and get hassled my son is a senior in college now. When he, when he first started driving, I used to trick him into driving me to Krispy Kreme late at night to buy donuts. He thought we were going to get a late night snack, but I was really training him how to act when he gets stopped by police and late night roadblocks. Fun times, huh? Damn. Yep. Everybody got to go through something, man. Right. So now my son's a senior football player at a D1 program. He is the acceptable Negro, LOL. He has a great GPA. He's hoping to go to law school after he graduates. In January, he emails this article that he wrote for a school newspaper to me. Um, and it's called Discrimination Still Faced on MLK Weekend. Um, and uh, I guess he's talking. Let me see. uh over Martin Luther King Day Junior weekend on my last spring semester at SMU, I headed to Uptown with my girlfriend to meet old friends and possibly make new ones. I wore a blue and white checker button down, black slacks, black belt, and black Nikes. I had been up to Uptown most of uh, I had been to Uptown the most of my group, so I suggested we go to Prime Bar. They had an open space and played pretty good music when I'd gone before, and it was my girlfriend's first time at Uptown, so I was excited to show her around. When the bouncer took my ID at the door, he gave it a couple looks, glanced at my pants and shoes, and didn't deny me entrance. Pants too baggy. We're running a tight ship tonight. No sagging allowed, he blankly stated. I was confused. These black dress pants are one of my favorites due to their professional fit. They've been worn with blazers and button downs at former SMU events. I even wore them the week before to a country club back home in Atlanta. I raised my shirt in hopes of erasing doubt from his mind. Apologies, sir, but my pants aren't baggy or saggy at all. I understand it's dark, but see... They're belted at the waist. Please step out of line. You're too baggy, he repeated. His gaze weaved around me the entire time, looking down at my pants and shoes, and then side to side around my face beyond me. In spite of my fixed gaze, this bouncer and I never made eye contact. Another person in my group, a Dallas native, was denied entry for cargo pants. He didn't say a word to anybody and drove home. I figured I would just button up and tuck my shirt and try again. I waited in the back of the line, went to another bouncer this time. He eyed my ID, glanced me up and down, said, your pants are too baggy. Please step out of line, sir. I was speechless. I've never sagged in my life. I don't own a pair of baggy pants. Most of my pants fit tight because my thighs are comparatively larger than my waist. Ladies. And the work, and the week before, <laughs> my father and I had just discussed the importance of the fit in my pants and in relation to professionalism. Baggy is something that I am not. On the other hand, I looked in line and many other pages will allow entry with wrinkly button downs, tank tops, loose fitting jeans, vans, ripped jeans, whitewashed jeans, comparatively more baggy. My girlfriend looked at me with a furrowed brow from the other side of the felt rope. I didn't understand. They didn't let you in because you're a black man, Gareth, she revealed to me. The only people turned away from this club have been black guys oh yeah that happens all the time mm-hmm. actually i have a friend who was a bouncer quote unquote he's not a big guy mm-hmm. at a club and he told me straight up like they would come to him and pull him to the side but, like you let too many black people in yep all the while many definitive def- definitively more baggy people were granted entry but my girlfriend was right those baggy people were white and i'm black i watched as more many more groups of baggy people entered the bar and other baggy groups were excluded they wore jeans, dress shoes, blazers, but were too baggy to enter. Two police officers stood at the door. I approached one of the white officers. Do my clothes look baggy to you or my pants sagging? The bouncer said my pants are sagging. You look all right to me, kid, but I don't make the rules. I'm sorry. My girlfriend left our group. Uh, I just like that he was still like, there has to be a way to convince these racists. I know. I don't cause, make the rules. Cause, like, these people are racist, man. I, 
I don't know. What to say. I don't make the rules here. My girlfriend left our group inside the club to stand with me. We stood outside the bar with the rest of the baggy guys and their girlfriends. I felt emasculated and embarrassed. My ride was inside the bar. I promised to show my girlfriend a good time at a fun bar. I couldn't even get inside. We had we had both heard anecdotes about racial profiling in Uptown, but I had never seen it. Many times I vouched for Uptown as a fun area since I myself never experienced discrimination. I thought it wouldn't happen to me. They just didn't know the dress code. And if Uptown was so bad, I would certainly experience it the same even if I only went out with my white friends, right? Yeah, I'll be make that excuse. After being denied again at 2 a.m., a second black police officer called out to me, pulled me aside. He stood about my height with a gray mustache. I could recognize that he was about the age of my father. What are you doing, kid? Look, you're obviously dressed very nicely, but they are giving you the runaround. You don't want to give your money to this kind of place anyway. They mm-hmm. do this to everybody. Don't give them that power. Just don't mess around with these folks anymore. That's pretty much been my philosophy to life. Right. You treat You me- don't want me there. I'm not begging you to give you my money. Right. And I can tell anybody, I'm the type of person, if I go to your, especially with it being food, if I go to your establishment and I have a good time and I spend my money and I enjoy myself, I'm going to make you a lot of money because every time I'm out with somebody, I'm going to consistently suggest that we go to your place and they're going to spend their money and tell their friends and they're going to spend their money and tell their friends. But if I go in there and I think, okay, something's not right here or you're treating me different because of the color of my skin, you will not get another dime out of me. And sometimes we've been in places where we've actually left because we're like, you know what, you're not, in fact, you're not getting anything out of us. Yeah, and also, man, they can see, like, right. um, that you're black and that's the they don't care about your clothes. They don't care about your, you're black. They don't care about your money, how much money you would have spent. Right. They, they've decided that you being black was too much. Right. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, I would like to think that more people can unite behind that and kind of like at least make the impact of our dollars felt. Um, but they feel like you were... The way you dressed was the reason why versus saying Yeah, that, well, well, like 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 he thought, mm-hmm. you know, because it hadn't happened to him. And a lot of people are like that. You know, when I saw Kiki Palmer talking that shit, yeah, because it hasn't happened to you yet. You're 23. You know, but eventually something happens and you go, fuck, I guess this is what racism is. It doesn't give a fuck about my uh, education. It doesn't care about my job. It doesn't mm-hmm. care about the way I'm dressed. It just doesn't care. Right. I eventually met up with my rider head at home, hell bent on doing something. I Google Prime Bar Dallas. And the third suggestion in the queue read, Prime Bar Dallas Racist. I looked at different reviews, the kind of instance of racial profiling of black and brown patients. Each one described as too baggy while white bargoers entered with ease. Many were accompanied with pictures of their pants and shoes. Again, I felt helpless lying in the bed that night. I saw pictures on Facebook of my white classmates having fun at Prime Bar for the MLK holiday. And I thought about what that black officer said. And truthfully, it sucks that I'm never going back to Prime Bar because I really used to like that place. So, yep, that's what happens. He said, so now my only child is going through the same bullshit I went through 30 years ago. I spent all this money, all this time trying to shelter him, but he is still just another dangerous black man child. My son, Michael Brown and Barack Obama's son, if he had one, would all be treated as niggers. So, yeah, Republicans, black and white ones, you're goddamn right I'm mad. Yep. Really surprised no Republicans stepped up to this. I think this is an area where... Um, even though I believe Barack Obama is strong because they have painted him to be super duper strong about race issues and like and over the top. He's not. Um, because they painted him to be such, um, they are scared to touch the issues at all because they don't want to make it seem like he was right. Right. But so many of them could have gained so much traction. 
yeah right now being like Best i'm an out black barack obama when it comes to this shit and show up in right. ferguson and march with these protesters and speak to these people so many of them just dropped the ball been a great time to go after a lot of black votes because ain't that's what it all about episode sick day by mike he says hey ron and karen listening to that free episode of balls deep you uploaded about a week ago and your terrible nba rap album reminded me of a terrible rap album of my youth i'm not sure if you knew this but macho man randy savage released an album called be a man oh, i heard Uh-oh. i've heard about it i'd start with the title track which calls hulk hogan for talking shit to papa savage if you have some free time and find 80s wrestling great, this would be, this should bring some uh, laughs. Um, I wonder if it's on Spotify. Um, like it, it probably is. Yeah, I don't know. Macho Man, uh, well, they got Macho Man, the uh, village people. But I'm looking for that Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, that's the name of the song? No, that's different. That's Paul Wall. Uh, let me see if I can play the YouTube clip. I had a volume up. In today's news, Macho Man Randy Savage inks recording contract with Big Three Records as a rap artist. He's trying to rap. rap. He can't even rap. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard Macho's doing rap CD. Oh, man, this thing is 45 minutes long. Sorry, man, I can't play all of this. I'm sorry. I... I'll see what I can do to find like an individual track or something. Yes. Can't, can't play the whole thing. Uh, Emil writes in, cumulative feedback. Hello, Rod and Karen. <clears throat> I took a two week vacation with my family from mid July to August and fell behind in my TBGWT listening, but caught up by binging on the episode saved on my phone. I have feedback on some of the topics covered over the past couple of weeks. Forgive my tardiness on some of these old ass topics. One, Fuck smart Coco or whatever her name is. My Jamaican ears can understand Karen just fine. <laughs> Two, elements of pro- provocation. Doesn't this Negro know that for some people just breathing is provocation? I love your unwavering stance against the notion that domestic violence can be rationalized away. Thanks, buddy. Right. Number three. When Lil' Kim dropped those awful bars, I was secretly hoping that there would be a gaggle of women dropping laughable replies to Bay and Nikki's remix, B and Nikki's remix, kind of like Kendrick's control situation. Foxy Brown, anyone? Four, those fight songs had me shook. I happened to be listening to this episode when you play, when you were playing Never Scared at work the other day. My boss walked in to ask me a question. I had to stop myself from asking him menacingly, what do you want, nigga? <laughs> That ignorant-ass music alters brain chemistry, but I love it. Yeah, it does. Five, I'm convinced that Karen is the sweetest soul in the podcast game. This week, you played J. Cole's song that had that he dedicated to Mike Brown. After you played the clip, I could hear Karen struggling not to say something bad because <clears throat> Cole's intentions were good. Yes, he was. Needless to say, she could not stop herself from saying eventually that the shit was boring. Mm-hmm. Yep, but she, she not scared of Karen. Uh, number six, <laughs> initially, when that blood segment started, I would fast forward through it to avoid spoilers. I've never watched True Blood, but I had hoped to watch it from the beginning. Eventually, I gave up because your obvious disdain for the show convinced me that I would have a better time catching the jokes on TVGWT than going back and watching the show from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Anyways, keep up the great work, even if you're, uh, even if you've sold your souls to big porn. Emil, thank you very much for writing in. <laughs> Um, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much, um, people that, um, wrote in for the show and everybody that, uh, uh, 
left us emails and all that stuff. We appreciate you guys. We do. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Our guest should be, uh, the peak, the crew from the in deep show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Oh, wait, we have questions in chat. Sorry. Well, we're almost out, but give me a second. The other killing down the road videos, cops, videos out. Cops says story, not match it. Oh yeah. Um, St. Louis. Well, like I said, those cops got in front of the story and that was smart. And that's really what people wanted in Ferguson. That's why there was no protest. Like I said, I said it on the show. I don't know if those dudes are telling the truth or not. I just know that they got the thing. I saw the video. I, maybe I'm seeing it different than y'all. I still saw a dude menacingly coming towards the officers. I'm not sure what, uh, when people are saying that is different, like what wasn't matching that they thought what like what did he not have a knife and wasn't he coming towards the police like you know i'm reasonable as i'll get out um i really don't know that you're gonna find too many people that won't pull the trigger in that situation like you know i don't understand uh maybe the protocol say it should be something else and there's video so at least it'll be investigated right i when i watched it i wasn't sure what they should be doing like what they were doing wrong uh, uh, according to the people that were outraged by the video, but um, yeah, it looked like he was creeping up on them, and he like he did have a knife. And I think what, like, one of the things about police that I think is a huge misconception that people have, and maybe it's because of TV, they're not here to shoot the fair one. Mm-mm. They're here to end the threat with whatever force they deem necessary to end it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you know, one of the reasons you shouldn't really fuck with cops isn't just about, well, you're a black man. You, It's because they're not going to fight fair and they're not going to give you a chance to shoot the fair one and battle. They, they're here to either uh, incapacitate you or uh, take you out if possible. So you got to really be careful, man. Like I've seen people go, why didn't you shoot them in the leg? They're not trained to shoot you in the leg. They're trained to kill you. You know what I mean? Like we like we all got to talk from our parents because of that, because they're not going to negotiate. Uh, what can we tell our white friends they can do to help? I've been suggesting they talk to other white people about the issues. Then a Pew poll comes out saying that only 37 percent of white people think the situation in Ferguson, both Mike Brown and the police response to protest has anything to do with race. We have a big issue of ignorance going on. Um, I don't know what white people can do to help. I really don't even think about that much uh, as far as like the ally thing. Like if people want to talk about it, just be open and honest with what you think. Um, mm-hmm. That's I think, all I ask. I think the best thing everybody could do is try not to emotionally jump on people. Right. Because some people are going to say anything. shit that is wrong and stupid. And it's a, this could be an opportunity to educate or discuss shit that right. we haven't really discussed a lot. Like my white friends, man, we talk about race sometimes and they be wrong as shit and we'll sit down and kind of hash it out. Um, and part of the reason we do that is because uh, I don't just jump in their shit and f- go fuck you and make them mad. Right. Um, but uh, even still, you know, um, I, I would just say, I'm not really looking for for any of their help. I'm not looking for them to do anything. If they feel compelled, then cool. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, let's see. I've seen a few of my white friends sharing this answer to your question. Oh, wait. Wrong link. All right. Let me click on the right link. 
12 things white people can do now because of ferguson and learn about the racialized history of ferguson how it reflects racialized history of america and diversify your media okay so just some hints for white people to do shit i don't know man if white people white people care they need to go google that shit i'm not really here for that edification like like that's my thing like i think sometimes uh one of the things with uh some podcasts i feel like they do a lot of like in their mind they view their listeners as like these white people that never seen black people before and then their job is like to educate and help them become better people and aware of our issues i've never viewed our audiences that no if you care you're gonna care Right. And we have white listeners. We yes, have, we do. We have a diverse group of listeners, but yes, I just do. don't really feel like, let me cater to y'all and educate y'all. Like, you know, if you care, you'll, you'll find a better source than us. But if you right. do care, you'll, you'll actively go out and find stuff. You'll right. find opinions. But a lot of people just don't care, man. End of the day. Yeah. Even some black people, which people don't want to admit. Yeah. You know, and I'm tired of white, black people being the ones that fucking, Teach these white folks everything about black shit. Sometimes it's common sense. And if they have any empathy, right. they can see for themselves. Yes. And if they're, and a lot of times they're not going to listen to your ass anyway. So you might as well, you know. Quit wasting your time. Hopefully another white person tells them. <clears throat> Been a long summer. I'm looking forward to the new TV season. Them Thrones and That Blood are finished. Are you planning podcasts for new shows? Looking forward to the last and I need to be ready. Uh, I'm going to tr- try to keep tuesday some sort of review of a show Mm -hmm. i don't know which show Mm -hmm. me and justin will play about years ago maybe we'll make a vote or something for the audience i don't know but i know uh we will try to keep something as a review Mm -hmm. Um, all right man see you guys tomorrow i gotta go get ready for fantasy football draft until then love you you too baby